Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's Boomer and Geo on the fan and the CBS Sports Network. And we're coming to you live for the Bill Ford Tough Studio. Boomer Sizing, Greg Giannotti. It's Boomer and Geo on the fan. We will be with CBS Sports Network a little bit later in the morning around 8.30. There is big field hockey to be broadcast on CBS Sports Network. So... That's what's going on there. Also, anywhere you are in the free Odyssey app. Good Tuesday morning. Two Monday playoff games yesterday. One got a little bit close later in the game, but still was a dominant performance by one team. And then the second one, man, I tell you, I have not seen a team fall apart like I've seen the Philadelphia Eagles fall apart in my lifetime. And also, yesterday... We get lots of scuttlebutt, lots of axes to grind. Everybody is bickering and bitching about Brian Dayball with the New York Giants. I wonder where all that stuff came from. I don't know, maybe one of Wick Martindale's buddies that Brian Dable fired, or maybe Wick Martindale, or anybody who is on the way out and no longer with the organization who wants to tear down the people that are still there. Good morning, Boomer. How are you? Yeah, good morning, G. I'm doing well. As a matter of fact, without us being on TV, I can actually pick my nose cleanly. Today. I know. It's okay. It's all good. There is something about that that yes. is, I love being on television, but the few days that we're not, there, it's, yeah. like a, it's refreshing for a day. Right. By the way, I was watching field hockey the other day. I'd never watched it before. I just wanted to see what we were getting preempted for. Yeah. Pretty good, actually. And we're not even preempted by field hockey right now. I'm watching Seth Davis interview some college basketball coach, so I don't even know what's going on. Now, I know that CBS uh, Sports Network keeps our cameras running here, so I'm assuming that Steven and the crew are still in. They're just not 630 sure. call. 630. Oh, 630 call for them. So I don't know. I don't know what this is. Maybe maybe uh, the field hockey starts at six thirty or so. Well, then put us on for a half an hour, then right? I think and then go to the field hockey. I think it's U.S. New Zealand from India. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. Yes. So I'm not really sure how that programming works, but I'm sure somebody's paying for it, and uh, you know, cash, cash, as they say, cash. cash. Give me cash. And That's if exactly the, right. And if the United States wins, we'll be preempted. Thursday, and okay. if they win again, then oh, they're going to win. Then again, Come Friday. Come on, USA, we're going to win. Yeah, we won two world wars. Why not? We'll win this. <laughs> two world wars, remember yeah. uh, Bob right. Wiley? Yes, two exactly. world wars. Nobody stretched. Yes, <laughs> before they stormed Normandy, they were stretching their hamstrings out. <laughs> two world wars. Right, exactly. Uh, anyway, so yeah, you were talking about it. Uh, Josh Allen was great yesterday. Just flawless, just perfect. And a lot of people were, you know, complaining about a particular play when he was running with the ball. Yeah. Whether or not he was going to slide or mm-hmm. not. And he kind of gave an indication he may have slid, but he was, but he kept running uh, for the touchdown. Yeah. So that happened to Patrick Mahomes against the yeah. Dolphins, too. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Yeah. Like the defenders don't know what to do. And, you know, is it the, is it the, is it on the quarterback? Is it on the referees? Is it on the defenders? The defenders, because of what happened to Josh Allen later in the game, 
where he did slide and he did get hit and there was a penalty thrown. Yeah, Miles Jack. You're right. That that's what the defenders are afraid of happening. But what are you supposed to do when you're a defender who you have to tackle the guy? He's massive. He's running all over you. I mean, that is a tough decision to make in a split second. And he hit shoulder to shoulder. He didn't hit him in the head. And there was a conference with the officials there. I was hoping that they were not going to call that 15-yard penalty. But they ended up doing that, which essentially gave the Bills the win at that point. I talked to to everybody last year. We educated everybody last year about expedited replay. Expedited replay means that when these games are being played, New York has a central hub and they're watching the games. And they don't want elongated discussions between the officials on the field. If New York sees something, and I'm talking about in this case because this is an official's, uh, you know, this is this is his opinion watching the game in real time. They're going to throw the flag, and they will never pick up the flag in that situation. But they have these expedited replays to make sure they get the plays right. And number two, I, I didn't see this last year. I, maybe it was last year, but I, I definitely have noticed it this year. On the sidelines for each of the teams, there is a referee standing there with the coach. And they have a green, I think they have like a green armband on. Well, yeah, Those and, are the people and, that you, you could identify them. Right, and they are not a part of the actual officiating crew that is managing the game. What they're there for is to be able to tell the coach of, on each team what is going on through the communication of the referees on the field. And, of course, if there's any communication coming back from New York to the head referee on the or, or the actual referee on the field that is managing the game. So the NFL is trying to expedite all of this. They don't want to get into elongated discussions and replays and all this other stuff. They just want to get the calls right, which then brings me to the Pat Fryermuth fumble on the sideline. Yeah, now I can't figure this out. And I, 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 do, I do hate the fact that, once again, the officiating and these things are taking center stage. But this is confusing as all hell to me. I don't understand how that play stood where they said there was a fumble out of bounds. There's no, you couldn't, you saw the football not touch Fryermuth's helmet when he was out of bounds. You clearly saw the Buffalo player recover the fumble inbounds with his entire body inbounds. I, I mean, that was bizarre to me with all the replay and all the different officials in New York and whatever else that that ended up standing, that call ended up standing because that to me was a fumble and a recovery by the Bills. So yeah, and I felt the same way now. We're at CBS, and we get a lot of these different angles and everything. And I, I'm today, I sit here this morning still wondering about what the hell happened there. Now, Gene Steratore, Gene Steratore did say during the broadcast that he thought it was a fumble. I, I, I still think it's a fumble. I said that at halftime. I thought it was a fumble. And I, somebody said, somebody, somebody within our building, and I don't know if it was one of our researchers, I don't want to name any names, said that they – believe that somebody in New York thought that there was a grazing of the helmet of Fryermuth and the ball while Fryermuth was out of bounds. Or there could have been, and they weren't sure, and that's why the the call on the field stood, and that's why they said it stands, it's not confirmed. It has to be irrefutable visual evidence right. to overturn a call on the field. So that that that's the other thing that they can fall back on. Sure. So maybe maybe that that happened, but you know it didn't cost the Bills. I mean, at the end of the day, I thought Mason Rudolph played reasonably well, except for the interception in the end zone. Well, in the second half, he did. He but played, but it, you know, the interception in the end zone is what what killed him. Yeah, I mean, they were moving the ball up and down the field. Uh, you know, they were running the ball effectively. They were passing the ball effectively. I mean, they made it a game until Josh Allen kind of took over and and a couple turnovers uh, that they had, and that's ultimately why Buffalo won. 
the way they did. Now we got game seven. We got a game seven between Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Right now they're stuck at three and three. Patrick Mahomes is two and zero oh in the playoffs. Josh Allen's three and one in the regular season against each other. And here we go. Game seven, CBS, Sunday, six thirty. Doesn't get any better than that as far as I'm concerned. But look at the four quarterbacks on the AFC side. Lamar Jackson, CJ Stroud, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen. It's not a quarterback driven league. <laughs> of course it is. Everybody knew that. Who's arguing that point? Uh, and that's going to be a great one. I'm going to be all about the Buffalo Bills in that game for lots of reasons. I want to see the Chiefs out. I'm tired of all the Kelsey Swift stuff. And then also, I mean, when a team has never won a Super Bowl and that city is so into that team, you want to see that. And I would, I would like to see the Bills at this point because all these other teams that I wanted to go to Vegas are not going to be able to. I'd like to see the Bills in Vegas now. That's that's the team that I'd like to see in Vegas out of all the AFC teams because I think that'd be a lot of fun. Bills Mafia, the fact that they've never won one. Last year they were a Super Bowl favorite. They, they completely fell apart. Uh, so that would be that would be a lot of fun. The thing I'm worried about, though, from just a football standpoint with the Bills is they are not getting enough production from their wide receivers. Like, Steph Diggs is not the weapon that he used to be. And it's basically, it's Josh Allen to the tight ends and James Cook. I mean, that really is what it is. And Josh well, Allen running. They have a couple of smaller receivers that actually made a couple of plays yesterday. But Gabe Davis was not on the field. He was hurt. And they lost uh, yesterday. They lost maybe their best defensive player at this point, Terrell yeah. Bernard. Right. Uh, who's going to be out for this game coming up against uh, Kansas City. So the defensive line, they'll get Rasul Douglas back most likely in the secondary. Um, it's going to be, look, you know, these are the two best quarterbacks. These are the quarterbacks that can do anything on the field. They can make any play on the field. They do make a lot of plays on the field. It's just a question of whether or not that Kansas City defense is going to get turnovers from Josh Allen. If he plays a clean game like he did yesterday, they're virtually unbeatable. Yeah. I mean, it's when he starts, you know, trying to do the hero stuff that we always talk about. He's the beast of the East. He's an amazing football player. He's fun to watch because you never know what he's going to do. And when he has a game like he did yesterday, that's MVP Josh Allen. Yeah, and this is the best defense that the Chiefs have had for the last number of years, but it's the worst offense that they have had in the last number of years. So I'm not exactly sure. I mean, you could still get hero ball from Patrick Mahomes at any point, and you could never rule him out. I have not seen the spread on that game yet. Did you see it? I'm very curious. My guess is... I'm thinking like Buffalo two and a half. If it's under three, I'd be surprised. I'm going to say Buffalo by four is what my guess is. I can't see that. Let me see here. Uh, It is... You nailed it. Two and a half. Buffalo, Bills minus two and a half. Yeah. You know, it's just you, you definitely have injuries on the Buffalo side of the defense. You know, I think they, I don't know if Gabe Davis is going to be back this week or not. That would certainly help. Um, you, know, you just have two superstar quarterbacks that are going to go, this reminds me of Brady and, and Peyton Manning. You know, it seems like every year they see each other somewhere along the line in the playoffs. And, you know, it's usually a most memorable game, like the divisional game from a couple of years back where somehow, some way, um, Patrick Mahomes gets his team into field goal range to tie the game. They win the overtime coin toss, and Josh Allen never gets the ball back. Yep, and that is a uh, an all-timer for sure. Since I'm uh, sitting here looking at this for the, the first time with the uh, spreads, let's just go through the other games. Uh, Texans at Ravens the first Saturday, 430. What do you think the number on that is? I would say Ravens 5.5 to 6. 8.5. Okay. Ravens minus 8.5. 
Uh, Packers at Niners. Packers at Niners, I would say that's probably a 10. Packers at 10. Nine and a half. Yeah, Niners minus nine and a half. Okay. And Bucks at Lions. Lions, seven and a half. Six. Lions minus six. And we just mentioned Chiefs at Bills. Bills minus two and a half. So there's your uh, divisional weekend spreads for the week. I'm kind of happy. I'm, I'm happy for, of course, Detroit and Jared Goff. I'm also happy for Baker Mayfield, who bet on himself. Yeah, and I mean, the story really is the collapse of the Philadelphia Eagles. And for Baker Mayfield, it's not. For Baker Mayfield, it's the redemption story. And same with Todd Bowles. And look, we're in the divisional round without Tom Brady, and we figured this thing out. But from an NFL standpoint, I mean, that was... It, Especially on defense, that team looked like they wanted to go anywhere but where they were. They wanted to be anywhere else but where they were. Missing tackles, not a lot of effort. They just, they were done. They were cooked. They were done. Their season ended essentially when they lost to the Arizona Cardinals. Then they end up losing to the Giants. They were just cooked. They were finished. You know what? It was really, uh, what was really evident, and I know Troy was talking about it some last night. I mean, they lost both their coordinators, the Eagles did, and it, it definitely had a profound effect on this team. Uh, it wasn't the same team that it was last year. And what's really shocking to me is that in the NFL, uh, you have a top-flight team that makes it to the playoffs, and you have no answers on offense versus a team that blitzes like 60% of the time. And last night, Todd Bowles just kept blitzing, kept blitzing, and the Philadelphia Eagles had really no answer for it. Like, no, like, structural answer for it. I, I remember we would go into games, and this is when we were at the height of our offense in Cincinnati, and we were playing a team, say, like Houston, who used to love the Blitz, or you'd play the 34 defense from Pittsburgh, and they'd love the Blitz, and they'd do all these fire zones and stuff. You would have a plan in place to handle it. Now, sometimes... Their great athletes would outplay one of your offensive linemen or one of your running backs or maybe a tight end that's stuck blocking a defensive end because of some configuration that's happening. And, you know, they're going to beat you that way. But not when guys are completely coming free and the quarterback's standing on his back foot and he's trying to launch one down the field. I mean, that should never happen. And if it does happen, you've got to have an answer for it. And I, I no adjustment whatsoever. And it goes to show you that they did miss their offense coordinator Shane Steichen, who was out in Indianapolis, did a hell of a job this year, and they lost and they lost Jonathan Gannon, their defensive coordinator, who became head coach of Arizona. And now the question is, what do you do now with Nick Sirianni, who we really came to like last year? Oh, sure, and, and that fan base absolutely loved him last year. And now they can't stand him; they think that he is the problem. All the blame is is at his feet for this team completely falling apart to the point where they get their asses kicked by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the. Wild card weekend playoff game. I and mean, this is a team that won the NFC last year to be that bad in a playoff game the next year. I mean, yeah, they're going to be people calling for his job. And I thought, too, it was very symbolic that, you know, the tush push, which was the thing that they did so well. Everybody's talking about it. The NFL's might get rid of it, you know, 92%. And then in this game, two point conversion, they use the tush push and they don't get it. It was like that was the. That was poetry in motion with the Philadelphia Eagles cherry on top that they were dead. Now, did you see the tush push that Josh Allen Yeah. Mm -hmm. He never hit the ground. Oh, he could have kept going, you he, I thought he could have kept going. But did they blow it dead they, they, for they, the did, they did blow it dead. He was forward like, progress? He was going forward. It was, like, <laughs> it was like body surfing sideways. Yeah. And then he somehow came down. 
and he was going to take off, but I guess they blew the whistle because they, you know, I understand they don't want to get a guy hurt and all that, other, you know, that kind of thing. But I just, he was, he was not on the ground. And I'm like, man, he could keep running. <laughs> but it was, uh, yeah, I mean, like the games just weren't really that compelling, to be honest with you. No, and maybe was- hopefully, uh, hopefully this weekend, you know, with all the good quarterbacks and the good players and the energy and, you know, Lamar back in the mix now, this is going to be, a great weekend of football. Usually the best weekend of football is division weekend. Yeah, I mean, because you got four games and you've got a lot of really good teams. I mean, they're, they're really the only game that's got a number, though, if you think about it, that's that's really low is, I mean, you got an eight and a half, a nine and a half, and a touchdown spread. Well, it's Bill's it. Chiefs. And it's, so it's Bill's Chiefs is the only one that's expected to be within a touchdown or less than a touchdown. Which is not ideal. I don't know. The Packers are playing well. The Texans are playing well. I mean, I don't don't think the Packers are going to be able to beat the 49ers. I mean, could C.J. Stroud and D'Amico Ryans in their first year go into Baltimore and beat the Ravens? They could. I mean, it's unlikely, but they could. Absolutely. I think it's a completely different Uh, Lamar this year. I think he knows all about the the shortcomings in the, the playoffs and how people talk. He hears everything. And everybody has to defend him for some reason. Uh, and I know that he's been completely different this year. And you could see it towards the end of the season. When they had to beat the Dolphins, they beat the Dolphins. When they had to beat the 49ers, they beat the 49ers. And who is front and center in all of those games? As he always is when they win, it's Lamar Jackson. And it's going to be why he's going to win the MVP. Because of those two games. So he's a completely different player this year. And I think he's got the mindset now of like a Patrick Mahomes and a Josh Allen. Like, I'm crashing your party, boys. I'm coming to get it. <laughs> and we'll get his opportunity against the Texans Saturday. It'll be the first game that we see in Divisional Playoff Weekend. It's Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. We'll, we'll join them later. If you're watching CBS Sports Network now, you got, like, uh, Indiana Basketball Review. And then you get USA Field Hockey coming up after that. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh! 
All right, Borangio on the fan. Jerry Recco is here. He's got your Monday football recap and more. By the way, I love Pat Boyle. But Pat Boyle's 5 a.m. update this morning, very confusing. I was surprised you guys didn't address it right away. With the lead? Yeah, he, he did like a minute on the Islanders. Yeah. And then he didn't mention any of the NFL games. And then he finished with the Knicks losing to the Heat. They lost to the, the Magic. Magic. The Nets lost to the Heat, right. I mean, that was just, I didn't hear that part, but I, you know what? They uh, they all do it differently now. And I love Pat. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I said, hey, but it is Pat Boyle. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, Pat I know. Boyle's. He's the, the star WFAN. He is. He's Pat better, Boyle. Better Boyle and his, Shen. Better get his act together. I believe four. Hey-o. I believe four o'clock he led with the Knicks. Okay. So a little hockey at uh, at five. But no football, no football? at all? The, f- the Stunat of the week. Stunat. He is the Stunat of the week. Yeah, well, that was also his two o'clock update. So. Is he still here? Or is he home? Oh, he leave? wait. He the leave? 5 a.m. was the 2 a.m. Because I heard this. I said, which is what? about right. Three hours no, is about yeah, right. Which is fine. But I was like, no football? It was insane. I think he just figured out a way just to, like, you know, mail it in. Sounds mm, like he's he, mailing it. You know what's funny? He doesn't mail it in. He actually does a very good job. He's still not at a week right there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was thinking like someone gets in the car five o'clock. Now you guys obviously covered it, but you update right at the top of the hour and uh, go to bed. Maybe Eagles Bucks. You're not seeing the end of it. Islanders goal and then a sound from the crowd. Oh, yeah, well, I'm talking about it. Could not have been an Islanders goal. He meant from the game. Five, from the game. From the game. Yeah. Game. yeah. Chill out. <laughs> Couldn't have been an Islanders goal. They got shut out. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, they're going through it a little bit. Mm. Unfortunately, well, the Rangers are going through it too. I mean, yeah, but know. they won their last game. The Rangers. I know. Every. every Look, it, every team hits a, a slump somewhere along the line. That's all there is to it. Yep, and Pat Boyle detailed that for about two minutes during his update. Hey, I'm the star of WFAN. I'm WFAN's Pat Boyle. <laughs> no, you're not. You're the student of the week. Student of the week. Hey, uh, hey, Jerry, what's going on, man? We are brought to you by Town Fair Tire. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. So the late game, indeed, was the Bucks and the Eagles. And in case you listened at 5 o'clock and didn't know, <laughs> um, Tampa came away with the win. Motion across from David Moore from right to left. Shotgun snap to Mayfield. Sets, throws, right side. Catch at midfield. Breaking a tackle is Palmer. Down the right sideline. Fears across the field. He's going to go. He'll go all the way for the touchdown. And remember that. That's Kevin Kugler, Westwood, one on the fan. Ha, ha, ha. Philly, yeah. suck it. 56 yards to Trey Palmer. The uh, Bucks beat the Eagles 32-9. to Baker Mayfield, three touchdowns on the night, 337 yards passing. More Palmer and Godwin with the catches. Here was Todd Bowles. Baker was outstanding. He was sharp. I mean, the whole game he was sharp. Like you said, they dropped some balls, but he kept coming back. He kept going to him. He was putting the ball in only a place where they could catch it. He didn't turn it over. They kept making play after play after play. He did a hell of a job. Well, Mayfield says, forget. I mean, what they drop about five passes on him? Yeah. It's unbelievable. He says, forget me. Our alternate wide receivers, like we mentioned, Moore and Palmer, really did a great job. Big time. Um, you know, they were running a couple coverages where they were double teaming Mike and Chris at the same time. So uh, those guys had a lot of one-on-ones and, and took advantage of their opportunities. Mike Evans and uh, Chris how, Godwin. How many balls did Mike Evans drop? I mean, he could have had a much bigger game. Yeah, well. You know, the, uh What's really interesting is that Baker's moving on and the Cleveland Browns are staying home. Yes, and Todd Bowles is moving on and the Jets are home. <laughs> and Jordan Love is moving on and uh, Aaron Rodgers is home. That is true. You are right. The Packers are moving on and Mike McCarthy sucks, yes. Uh, here oh, was wait, Palmer. You know I'm just kidding. On, I'm man. joking. I'm joking. Relax. Relax. 
All right. I like Mike McCarthy. I hated Sunday. Uh, here was Trey Palmer. Well, that was a new experience for me. Uh, actually, you want to know a crazy story? This is my first, like, bowl postseason game. Like, I ain't never played in a postseason. <laughs> Isn't that something? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty wild. Uh, then on the other side of the ledger, we got Nick Sirianni. Well, that was quite the collapse after winning 10 of 11, one and done in the postseason. We'll all have to look ourselves in the mirror and, and accept that and, uh, you know, just find, find answers, find sense. Uh, but obviously, you know, when you start 10 and 1, um, you know, and then you and then you get into what what happened for us. Obviously, that the expectations were high. Now, in the loss, Jalen Hurts was twenty five of thirty five with the finger, two fifty and one touchdown. But they were not good. He was asked after the game about Sirianni's future. I didn't know he was going anywhere. I question about I don't. I didn't know that. Nah. Where's, where's your confidence level in him then to, to fix this team? I have everybody. I have a ton of confidence in, um, in everyone in this building. Okay, I suppose, but that was a bad ending to the season. So on the Eagles postgame show with uh, Mike Missanelli and Seth Joyner down in Philly, um, here was Joyner, the former Eagle. I say former Eagle great, fair, yeah, right? Yeah, he was not uh, one of my teammates in Arizona, too, by the way. he was. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yep. He was sharp and pointed afterwards. Um, Hertz played uninspired football. I'm not going to exonerate Jalen at all because he played some of the worst football and looked so uninspired and so out of it on the sideline. And that was after he was calling out the coaches, obviously. And he also called out, remember I said at the end of that clip, when Kevin Kugler mentioned James Bradbury and the whiff, yes, here was uh, here was Seth Joyner. I think James Bradbury has totaled over thirty missed tackles in one season. How is that even possible? That's a part of the game and part of what you do. He went on. For I think like Giant five fans minutes. could probably agree with him on yes. that one and just but, clobbered uh, them. No, that's something. Seth is no joke, man. He is no joke. When he would go off in the locker room or on the field in the practice field. Oof. You didn't want to be anywhere near him. <laughs> it's like I was glad he was on the other. Like yeah, I was glad he was on my team. Yeah, sure. But I was glad that he was not like on my side of the ball screaming at us. <laughs> you might have retired sooner. <laughs> oh man, uh, Bucks in Detroit Sunday at three p.m. The early game was played at Orchard Park, and of course, when we got to the game, expecting to see snow and gray skies, it was sunny. It was cold, uh, and the Bills did what they had to do. Five on the play clock here on second and nine. Takes the snap, back to pass, fires over the middle, complete. On a crossing route to Shakir, who gets away from the tackler. Down to the 10, looking for the end zone, and he's in! Khalil Shakir did a disappearing act on the tackler, reversed his field, and found the end zone! Unbelievable! Was it Minka Fitzpatrick that whipped yeah, on that was. tackle? It was. Yes. But he kind of rolled Let over him go. And kind of. Yeah, that was uh, Bills Radio with the call. That kind of capped the scoring. 31-17, the Bills get away from the Steelers with the win. Josh Allen, 203, three touchdowns, a 50 52-yard touchdown run. After the game, Sean McDermott, what a job by the fan base. Bill's Mafia showed up. I know that there wasn't always uh, clean seats to sit on, uh, but it didn't seem like it mattered to them. So uh, I applaud, applaud Bill's Mafia for for showing up the way that they did in the fashion that they did. Well, they were certainly there and loud. Josh Allen on that 52-yard touchdown run. They played man, um, didn't have a great man call on. So I decided to try to find a lane and uh, got, I don't know, 15, 20 yards downfield. And, you know, there's the there's a lot of guys screaming slide and didn't slide. Yeah, we know. And that, like, if you hear that, too, as a defender, I think you brought it up. We were talking about it before, too. I don't know what you're supposed to do as a defensive player when these guys break into the secondary. Especially when they're going to throw flags on you. Right. Like they did yesterday on Miles Jack when he when he hits. Yes. Uh, 
uh, what's his name? Josh Allen. Josh Allen, right as he's sliding. You know and, what I mean? Like, and, and this isn't Tom Brady. This isn't what I mean. This is a guy who will truck you. Yes, that's the other problem. He's six five, two forty. You have to try to tackle him. Yep. Well, it's like Lamar Jackson running with it. It's like uh, Patrick Mahomes running with it. I mean, these guys are deemed runners once they pass the line of scrimmage. But the thing about it is they're quarterbacks and they slide feet first, and it's all in a bang-bang moment. It's impossible for defenders. Very difficult for how many? You know how many times I got hit like that? Probably 500. I, Phil and I sit there sometimes. We're just like, man... I, we could still be playing. <laughs> <laughs> you might be right. Uh, here was Mike Tomlin, just not good enough. Uh, we didn't do what was required to win tonight. We didn't take care of the ball. We didn't get it, get the ball from them enough in an environment like this, and thus uh, the score. Uh, they needed turnovers. I do give them credit, though. They were down 21 nothing. I thought they were going to lose by 50 points. Yeah, same here. And they battled back that block field goal. They came out and played really well offensively the start of the third quarter, but... I mean, they, you know, really what screwed them was that, that penalty, that 15 yard I penalty. I agree. Really ended the, any yes. chance of a comeback. But they dug themselves too big of a hole. Yes. In the, in, I mean, they couldn't do a damn thing. Mason Rudolph looked like he was going to throw for like six yards <laughs> in the first quarter. But yeah. then he woke up, and I got to give him credit. This is a yeah. guy who's been there for a while, didn't get an opportunity, finally did, and he could have folded. Like the Philadelphia Eagles did, and he went out there and grinded yeah, on the they, road. They, they played hard, got his man. team back in the game. I mean that that was impressive. They, they stayed in the game. That block field goal was a change of momentum, certainly in the first half. I was thinking about listening to Mike Tomlin right there. He'd be like, if he's going to take a year off or whatever he's doing, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the passive aggressive leaving the podium yesterday when he was asked a question about all this stuff. He could do books on tape. Of course, he could be a great guy. Great great voiceover guy. Yes, just play play this again. And imagine you're driving, you got a long drive or something, and you're listening to books on tape. Uh, We didn't do what was required to win tonight. We didn't take care of the ball. We didn't get get the ball from them enough in an environment like this, and thus, and thus uh, the score. And thus, thus. absolutely, little Shakespeare. I I was going to say yes. And thus, thus thou. Yeah, no, absolutely. And by the way, if, if you missed it, as Boomer said, he gets a question about his future. You, it, you, all you hear from the reporter, I'm sure Jerry probably has. Mike, you have a year left on your contract. And gone. And walks away. Mike, you have a year left on your contract. Walks away. That was See the you. end of that. Yep. Talk to you tomorrow. Very so, unlike him. So the interesting thing is, like, most, most coaches, and I, I would think that Pittsburgh is very similar to Cincinnati, they don't, they don't uh, negotiate contract extensions during the season they just don't do it they wait until the end of the season there's no rush you're under contract for another year just kind of like the dallas cowboys are right now now eventually they're going to have to come to an agreement because no coach is just going to take one more year on a one-year contract they're going to want an extension they're going to want like a three-year extension they're going to want four years so this is where the Cowboys and the Steelers find themselves right now with their present coaches. They each have one year left on their contract, and they're not going into next year without some sort of security or without a job. Yeah, and the Steelers are not going to fire Mike Tomlin, so if he wants to take a year off, this is very similar to the Sean Payton thing, right? So Sean Payton, he just decided to walk away, and then they had to trade him, right? Because he was still under contract. Yeah, but I mean, what could happen is if, like, say Mike wants to take a year off, Mike Tomlin wants to take a year off, uh, the Steelers don't have to pay him. And I think the way that it would work is that he would walk away, and then he'd sit out for a year, and that, that contract that he has with the Steelers would preclude him from going somewhere else this year. 
this 2024 year. Yeah. But then once that year runs out, I think he's able to go and go wherever he wants to go. Okay. I believe so. So don't hold me to that, but I think we were talking a little bit about that yesterday, and that was kind of like the understanding that I had. Well, what what happened with Peyton, though? Didn't he have more time on his deal? I think he had a lot more time on his okay. deal, and I, I think they may have paid him. <clears throat> okay. All right. So not the exact same circumstance. Saturday, the Ravens get the Texans at 4.30, Niners, Packers, 8.15, Sunday, Bucks and Lions at 3, Bills, Chiefs at 6.30. The Falcons did interview Bill Belichick yesterday. Jim Harbaugh met with the Chargers and Giants offensive coordinator Mike Kafka meeting with the Seahawks for their head coaching vacancy. Knicks magic last night. <laughs> Nick's magic last night. No Jalen Brunson again, and the Knicks struggled down the street. <laughs> That's funny. We all had the same reaction. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not a good ending for the Knicks. Carroll drives. The runner's up. Shot is no good. Fight for the rebound. Call Anthony. He's made a lot of big plays. Fox inside. Layup. He missed it. Gets his own rebound again. And Carroll, his jump shot, that's good. And the Knicks down three. Very similar to in Dallas when they couldn't grab the rebound when they made the stop. And so last night, the Magic uh, finished well. They win 98-94 at the Garden. Uh, Pablo Boncaro had 20, Wendell Carter, 17 it's off the bench. It's a bad loss. And, you know, it's a bad loss, but, you know, Brunson's been missing mm. what, two games now. Yeah. <clears throat> not a good loss. It's a good team, though, Orlando. They beat him at home. I agree, but it's not like you lost to the Portland Trailblazers like the Nets did last week. I mean, it, it's still a good team they lost to. But you are right. At home, you should win that game. And, and it just goes to show you the importance of Jalen Brunson, though. Again, he's the, he's the leader, man. If he's not out there, especially late in games. Here was Julius Randle with him not there. You know, obviously, missing JB is a big piece for us, so... Uh, it's tough, you know, but we had enough to win that game. But they did not. He was 5 of 18, shooting 15 points. Nets lost to the Heat 96-95. Jimmy Butler, 15 of 16 from the free throw line at 31, including the last two that put them in front. And then Mikkel Bridges misses on the back end. Could have won the game. They don't. Uh, college basketball tonight, St. John's, Seton Hall at the Rock. UConn, the number one team in the country now after the latest polls released. The Nets signed the son of Vladimir Guerrero, Vladdy Miguel Guerrero, as well as a top international catching prospect, Giovanni Rodriguez. The Yankees signing the top overall international prospect, outfielder Francisco Valorio. The Bruins shut out the Devils 3 nothing. Charlie Coyle scores in the second. That's all they needed. And yes, if you heard the 5 o'clock update, you heard that the Islanders were up losing to the wild. Here's a two on one. Erickson Eck and Felino. Jewel Erickson Eck scores. A shorthanded goal. Just the cherry on top tonight. That was Brendan Burke on MSG. Matt Zuccarello with a power play goal. Didn't realize he was in Minnesota. Um, and the Wild win five. Been there for four years. Did not realize. Okay. Mark Andre Fleury with 21 saves. Their head coach is Lane Lambert. He says awful. I just didn't like our effort at all. I didn't think we were uh, 100% committed to playing the game the right way right from the start. And uh, just kind of snowballed as we went along. Islanders in Winnipeg tonight. The Rangers host the Kraken. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, Boomer and Geo on the fan and the free Odyssey app. So yesterday, MLK, MLK Day, and we were thinking, like, you know, it's usually the NBA day, and we obviously had a playoff game last night that was scheduled. The question is, I don't, I'm don't. i assuming that this game yesterday, uh, Pittsburgh-Buffalo, probably did great ratings. And if it did do great ratings, does the NFL decide that 1 o'clock window on Sunday, eh, we don't need that. We want to have this game on Monday and do what they did here. And will they move one of the playoff games to Monday? So you would have a two on Saturday, two on Sunday, and two on Monday. Depending on what the ratings are. Now, speaking of ratings. Wait, you're talking about like next year. Next year, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Not not like now. No, I mean for next year. Wild card weekend next year, you're saying, would they duplicate this? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I, you know, and the thing about it is, is that, you know, I can't wait to see what the ratings are for this. So I'm assuming a minimum, I'm hoping a minimum of 15, which is a huge, which is a big number. And it would beat the one o'clock window on Sunday. But would it land on Martin Luther King Day every year, though? That's the problem. Like everybody had off yesterday. Like if this is a regular work day, putting a game on at four. No, it would have to be MLK Day. Right. But is that, I don't know how the, I'm not then, really sharp then, with calendars then, every year, but. And get this, you're not going to like this. You're not going to like this. Zach Wilson's and the Vikings know, quarterback. Well, yeah, you know that. <laughs> but you can take this with a grain of salt. Oh, grain of salt spot! Grain of salt spot, Al. Uh, when they go to 18 games, then they can move the Super Bowl to the President's Day weekend. Okay. Okay, so there will be an 18th game, I believe. And um, I'm, I'm telling you, this, this thing still is. The state of flex, the NFL knows what it's doing, and they'll look at it. They'll look at the ratings, and they'll do a better job of. Uh, I'm not saying better; they didn't do a good job or a bad job, but they'll celebrate more of MLK Day, I believe. Uh, this this game, they weren't prepared to do that yesterday. Sure, it was a uh, cancel, a, pro, a postponement, I should say. So, and it, it would be a, a more of a celebration, I think. You know, it makes a lot more sense, especially from a TV standpoint. Now. Speaking of TV and speaking of streaming and everything else, you yeah, know, uh, you know, I'm over there at CBS yesterday and I'm following. I see Al's, you know, putting out a tweet, and he gets all mad <laughs> at Peacock 
because Peacock is telling you it's the most streamed game in the history, and that's exactly what they wanted because that's why they had Taylor Swift and Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins and everything else. And I see Al taking a shot at Peacock for them putting out a press release telling you how many people streamed it. And why why were you upset by that? Well, I, I would like to hear from somebody other than the actual company tell me how great they are. It's like with podcasts. Everyone's the number one podcast, but the person who's telling you they're number one is the number one podcast. How's your podcast? It's number one. Okay. <laughs> um, so I just don't might... trust NBC numbers. You can't tell me that game had almost as many viewers as a regular uh, playoff game, and it was on streaming, no chance. And Mike Tarico had some sort of line about it. It was like some historic moment in the history. Who's of... supposed to do that? He but, works for NBC. But that's his point. Is to, right. I'm, I'm adding right, to so his why, point. Why let Andrew Marshan, because he's trying to take everybody down, let him figure it out. And then they also are including in the numbers the local over-the-air NBC in Kansas City oh, and Miami. Oh, you can't do that. Exactly. Not allowed to do that. Not you got to separate that. it. Correct. And and you compared it to something else. You compared it to you talking about what? I said, I said like if NBC's telling you how great Peacock was, I go, that's like me saying I got a nice schween. I mean, it's coming from me. So what? We'll, we'll, you know, what credibility we, we, is that? Is that like something we need to hear from Gina? I guess right. <laughs> <laughs> An independent source. But even that sort of like not exactly. totally independent. Need an independent right, right. source. Yeah, we need an independent source. Now, Eddie. no one else has. <laughs> no one else has gotten those numbers, right? I mean, I guess NBC is the only one that's privy to those numbers because it is streaming services. So, I mean, I I don't think we're ever going to get the right answer on, on that. Like the NFL will know, NBC will know, but. I, I saw mean, a bunch of different things floating around that had 23 million, and then other people were writing that 5.9 million was streaming. The others were from, you know, the markets, the, local yeah. markets. I mean, the real question is, is, you know, that game, by the way, CBS bought that game, I think, two years in a row. So it wasn't like it, this is the first time that that particular playoff game had been sold. Uh, we just, as I understand, I don't think we paid nearly what. You know, Peacock paid which was one hundred and twenty million. Yeah, one hundred and twenty million. So, and you have to remember, as I was reminded again yesterday, that fifty five percent of that goes right into the players' pool. Mm. <laughs> so it's not all into Roger Goodell and the owners' pockets. And then I was thinking, there's probably how many people do you think have full time jobs and benefits through the NFL? League office and the 32 NFL I mean, teams. that's... Uh, <laughs> Would you say like twenty five to 30,000 people? And probably. I mean, there's there's about 10,000 on the sideline for any particular <laughs> game. So I would imagine that, yeah, that number... But I'm talking about full-time I know, benefits. I know. Yeah, I mean, in the building, you see, when we go over to training camp, I mean, you lived it. But yes. when I, we go over to training camp, I mean, there are... I mean, there's thousands of people. Dude, when I played, we had five coaches on offense. Now it is like a like individual coaching sessions for each player. Now that's how many coaches they have, right? And then there's probably that many more business people and ticket people and everything else. HR, you gotta have HR. HR, yeah. So yeah, I'm sure there's. I mean, that number sounds good to me. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was more than twenty five thousand. I mean, I know people bitch and complain about things, but like I said, CBS bought that game. Now, we didn't put it on any sort of streaming platform. We didn't sell it the way we sold it is the way we normally sell it. Tony Toronto, sell it. <laughs> get it done. Right. Tony, you know. two times. Hey, get, Tony, two times. Get, get out it there and do it. Hey. Um, by right. the way, so I was looking yeah. forward here to January 2025 because okay. of your MLK Day 2 Monday thing. Now, 
MLK's January 20th in 2025, oh, which would is. be okay. the next weekend. So it probably wouldn't work out for Wild Card Weekend, right? It would have to be Divisional Weekend. It have to be Divisional Weekend to do it. Yeah, I don't do. think it would do it. I, well, they may. They may. I don't know. But why would I mean? That'll be on s- Paramount Plus. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it would be. You, you got Saturday and Sunday, though. You know what I'm saying? It's only I, four games. Yeah, yeah, only four games for that, right? Yeah, I know. I mean, it's look. I, it was a good idea. I just wanted to. You well, know, I want you to you know straighten me out. I just want to see exactly where it landed because I, I wasn't sure. Love- you know, sometimes that you know. Like, what is the, you know, you know that the Kentucky Derby is the first Saturday in May. You know that MLK, MLK Day moves around. It, it moves around. Yes. Like Thanksgiving, you know where it's going to be, like stuff like that. So I just wasn't sure if it was going to be the well, same weekend. the NFL. Every year. Maybe they can make it the same weekend every year. <laughs> Imagine that. Roger Goodell moves MLK Day <laughs> for ratings. Well, so they could sell it and they could celebrate it. And they can keep That would be the ultimate NFL power play. Moving holidays <laughs> to benefit that. Christmas has to be every Monday. <laughs> every, every every Monday, every single year. We must have Christmas. Right. Uh, it's Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports. I only headache. got two inches, Jerry. I don't know what you got. Wow. All right. Boomer and Geo coming to you live from the Bill Ford Tough Studio. I got to tell you, I know we're going to get into a little football talk here. Yeah. Uh, this field hockey is pretty intriguing. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm, I'm watching it. I mean, we're being preempted for it. I'm not happy about it, but it is interesting. I know we have two NFL playoff games that we are talking about. One was a huge one on CBS. And this morning, CBS Sports Network doesn't have us on. It's got this field hockey on, but... It's over hey. in India. It's live. It's USA versus New Zealand. It big, is. Big, I, I have to say, man, it's it's better than I thought it was. It's or interesting. Me, I was going to say. It's a little faster. Than, I, I thought this game was a lot slower than it is. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time I've actually ever watched field hockey in my life. And, I mean, it's entertaining enough. We sit here in the breaks and are rooting for our U.S. girls to beat New Zealand. And it's nice to have live sports on during this time of day. But, yes, I'd still rather be on CBS Sports Network this morning. And we will be. It's at 830, yes. At 830, yes, absolutely. Well, that, does that mean you're rooting against the United States? No, so of they course win, not. No, 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 never. no, no. We're preempted, never. preempted again. No way. I know. By the but, way, did you see the American junior hockey team that won the gold medal, Eddie? Did you see that? I did not. Standing there arm in arm singing the national anthem. Gave me chills. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Gave me chills, man. Oh, we just scored a goal. Oh, all right. Look, Look at, that. at that. Yeah. One nothing. U.S. over New Zealand. All right. So, uh, Shank Spot City here with the Giants. There okay. is, this is, I mean, it's classic NFL coaching when things go awry. So, Pat Leonard of the Daily News has this article yesterday about Brian Dayball, Wink Martindale, Mike Kafka, Joe Shane, and how Brian Dayball's composure on the sidelines is an issue. And some of the yelling and some of the things he was saying to Wink is what caused the rift between these two. And Joe Shane was on a headset for a game and heard some stuff. I think and three games or four games. Yeah, but it was the Washington game, I guess, was the one that was a, a the biggest issue where he said, you're going to blow this one. He said this to Wink, you're going to blow this game just like the Jets game, which I guess people had a problem with because the offense didn't do much in that Jets game. That was the Tommy DeVito debut where they didn't allow him to to throw the ball, but you know, well, more that was than, Graham Gano game. He missed a that's field right. goal. And he was hurt. Yep. Yes. And he was hurt. So should have been screaming at him. 
I mean, the, the thing that I take away more than anything from this, because people are going to say, oh, you know, is Brian Dable the right guy? If he can't compose himself, stop. Everybody loved the fact that he was yelling in Daniel Jones' face. Everybody loved the fact that he's intense and desperately wants to win. Now, all of a sudden, you know, they, they don't go to the playoffs. They have a losing season. All this stuff is a problem. This is a, a guy in Wink Martindale and probably his assistants that are pissed off that things went the way that they went and they wanted to get their story out there and they wanted to make it seem like they were not the problem, that he was the problem, and this is how this thing happened. I mean, and it's to me, it's it's petty, it's silly. I don't see anything in this article where I'm like, Brian Dable can't be a head coach. I mean, it's ridiculous. So, I mean, anytime I see something like this where you get somebody trying to take down somebody else, it, it makes the... Where we think the source is, it makes them look worse than the person that they're trying to take down in this article. Personally. Well, you know, there's a reason why Wink Martindale left Baltimore. I think John Harbaugh probably got sick of him. Yeah. And, you know, quite frankly, when I read this article, I'm like, this is Wink Martindale giving it all to Pat Leonard. And good for Pat Leonard for getting it and interviewing a source. But, you know, it's like uh, the old thing that uh, our friend Herm Edwards said. Put your name on it. You know, don't don't hide behind obscurity. You know, you're pissed off. I get it. You know, I got fired from Monday Night Football. I put my name on it. You know, I was I was disgusted. I was pissed off. A lot of guys got fired. I got fired. People behind un, underneath uh, the the telecast got fired unceremoniously, and they should have never been fired that way. But that's the world we live in. And now, uh, I I just think that this is you know, it's it's just bad blood, and it's. It looks bad, and you know who it's coming from, and you know now now Brian Dable's just got to move on from it and figure it out, you know. And I think that he's starting to find people that you know believe in him. You know what's interesting is he hired Wink Martindale. I was wondering whether or not he was paired with Wink Martindale, right? Adam Gase and Greg Williams situation and arranged marriage, right? I don't think that out. was it. I think I think Brian wanted Wink because mm-hmm. Wink is a you know like I told you, old school kind of NFL guy. Knows the league, knows that his defense is going to be aggressive. But uh, maybe he found Brian Dayball to be a little bit different than John Harbaugh. But most coaches on the sideline, on game day, before the game starts, they're going to be really optimistic and they're going to be supportive of you. But as the game goes on, they're going to get involved and they're going to, like, if you make a mistake or something, like if you throw an interception in the red zone, yeah, you're going to hear it from that coach. <clears throat> And the one thing I don't know is if Wink tried to talk to Brian Dable about this and Brian was not receptive to it. Like if Wink said, listen, man, you're, you're chewing me out to a point where it's not helping me and I would, I just, I, we got to do something different because it's, it's affecting me and the defense negatively. And Brian Dable was like, no, screw you. I'm going to be me. Get out of here. If he did something like that, then I can understand there's an issue with Brian Dable, but I don't see any of that in this report. And the thing I really don't like. Is Martindale reportedly reached out to Giants ownership as a way to circumvent Dayball, yeah, which eventually led to general manager Joe Shane to listen in on the headsets. And here's the deal. Let me just tell you something. There's one head man. You work for him, and that's it. You go around him, you're going to create problems. I don't care. You know, unless there's something so horrific, which to me, you know, football coaches get intense. And, you know, losing brings out the worst in them. Yeah. Especially when there are mistakes that keep being made or uh, calls that are made that a particular coach doesn't like. And maybe and maybe Dave O is one of those coaches that tends to be a little bit more negative or a little bit harder on his team. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it, he was hard on Josh Allen. Josh Allen loved him. Yeah, I, right. Of course. I mean, there's a lot of guys, too. Like, everybody says, you know, Bill Belichick and the Patriot way, and when they were winning, it was so tough to work under him. And But then all of, most of the guys that came out of there had just such high praise for the man because he was able to put that team in a position to win, win consistently, and made them champions. How, how about, how about now, Nick's, Dable hasn't done that yet with the Giants. How about Nick Saban down in Alabama? Yeah, I mean, of course. I mean, you know, obviously there are certain things that go on, but, I, you know, I saw a little bit of a documentary on him, how he would throw his straw hat at practice. <laughs> and the <laughs> yeah. players would be like, he threw the straw hat at me, or he'd be picking on a guy. Yeah. I remember I saw a, uh, an old uh, 60 Minutes interview yeah. with Armin Kateyan. Remember Armin? Uh, yeah, of course. And, uh, you know, it was all about the way he ran practice and how tough he was on everybody and how demanding he was. And I think that's, you know, Brian Dable was in that uh, atmosphere or that environment. So, of course, he's going to be hard on everybody. Yeah, I mean, I guess that, you know. I mean, what the, is this, Jerry's Cornhole League, for God's <laughs> sake? It's the NFL. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, you know, and, and the, another theme of this article was that, you know, Brian Dable would criticize everything in the organization but never really have a lot of solutions for it. Like, that was sort of the thing that, that was kind of being portrayed from the sources on this particular thing that annoyed Wink Martindale and others. But the team could have gone completely in a hole at the end of the season. They did not. They fought back and played really well down the stretch. So nobody quit on Brian Dayball. And, I mean, Wink Martindale stormed out of there, went to the airport, and flew to Sarasota. <laughs> like, dude. And he whined his way out of a job. Yeah. Hey, at the end of the day, really, you know. Then he's most likely feeding stuff to reporters to go take down Brian Dayball. I mean, that's not, uh, I don't love that. I want my head coach of my team's. To be freaking competitive is all get out. I want defense. I want in your face. I want to be relentless. That's why I like Thibodeau. That's why I do like Peter Laviolette because I feel like he's got a little bit of that in him. I, you know, that, that's what I want from my manager. That's what I want. I want accountability. Now, you don't always have to be negative. I know there's a way to play certain people. Certain people don't react to negative. Yeah. Um, very well. But, uh, in this situation, I mean, this is the NFL. I mean, your and job, your been ass around is, forever. I know, and your ass is on the line every single week, as we see with eight coaching jobs already open, well, one filled by Gerard Mayo, but maybe two more coming to fruition. And by the way, Mike McCarthy has been nothing but successful down there in Dallas. Mm. Just hasn't been the last team standing. Yeah, well, reg regular season success for a uh, franchise with an owner who is... <laughs> up there in age who desperately wants to win another Super Bowl uh, before he passes away. You know, you get your asses kicked in the playoffs every year. That's that's a different story. But yes, he has had three very successful regular seasons. Would you, If you were a Jet fan, would you take three, you know, essentially 12 win seasons in a row? Yeah, of course. But not every situation is the same. Not every circumstance is the same. Not every... Uh, franchise is the same. I mean, the Detroit Lions winning a playoff game for the first time in a gazillion years meant something to them. You know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beating the Eagles yesterday was uh, last night was nice, but this is also a team that's won two Super Bowl championships, knows that they're not going to win one <clears throat> this year, most likely. Um, and it was nice that they won the playoff game, Todd Bowles and Baker Mayfield, but, you know, it wasn't historic for them. With the Jets have been out of the playoffs for so goddamn long, the next time they get in there, it's going to be historic. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys have a history of making the playoffs, 
but they just don't go anywhere. I haven't been to a championship game since the mid-90s. Yeah, he's only won one playoff game. I know that. And I guess, you know, watching Jerry Jones, did you did you see his interview, like, after the game, how what he looked like? Doesn't look good, man. What do you mean? This doesn't look healthy. I mean, he's older. I mean, like, I don't know. I just thought he looked like him. He just looked I like hope Jones. he makes it through the offseason. Yeah, see? You think he looks sickly. I, I His eyes were glowing. But his I, days were numbered. You, was he crying after the game, you think? Because they lost? No, he was not. There was, I, did you, you didn't see the... I did see it, okay. but I think you might... Are you getting fooled by the thing where they put the crying face filter? I hope not. Because I saw that yesterday. They put a crying oh, face okay. filter so, right, on so Jerry Jones. All right, so there you go. Somebody, he doesn't have many seasons left. And it was not. And, and I was thinking about Jerry because I saw him crying. And then I was thinking about Jerry, what Jerry always talks about with Jerry Jones yeah. getting up there in age and thinking that this could be his last year and things of that nature. So I, I put two and two together and I, I obviously assumed the wrong thing. No, it was not. Yeah, they, they put the crying face filter on it because everybody hates the Cowboys and people were laughing at that. He was not. His lips weren't quivering. Yeah, he wasn't that's, making that's, that that's face. what I saw. That's, I was like, what is that? I looked at it quick, quickly yesterday, and I was wondering whether or not that was real. No, not real. But so maybe Jerry looks a little bit better than you think that he looks. Uh, let's go to Ronnie in Tom's River. What's going on, Ronnie? What's up, man? How's everybody doing today? Good, Ronnie. What do you got for us? No, nothing. So the whole Dable, Wink Martindale thing, you, uh, Gio, you hit the nail on the head. Um, don't forget that Dable did midseason bring all the head coaches to get, uh, the assistant coaches together and, and said, is there any problems that you guys have with me? No one said anything. Um, I think that Dable is a tremendous coach and as a coach or a player, I want my coach to hold me to the highest accountability, uh, possible. Um, Wink Martindale does command a little bit of respect, could have did it a little bit uh, differently, how to approach in the moment. But I think you guys should agree that if your boss wants the best out of you and gives you the resources and holds your ass accountable for a lot of things, that's all you want is to be good. And I think the players see that. And that's why, Gio, like you said, that's why they got the most out of it the last couple of days. You look at Rob Sala, he's looking there like a, like a corpse on the sideline with his arms crossed with a nice tan. What is he doing? Nothing. He's looking around. He's shell-shocked. So yeah. that's all he Guys, thank yeah, you. Ronnie, and, and you took the words out of my mouth because <clears throat> I was going to bring that up. I can't sit here and criticize Rob Sala for, you know, looking like a, a loiterer outside of a convenience store for most of the game and then get on Brian Dable for being too intense. I mean, I, I mean, that would be ridiculous. And what the Ronnie was referring to was the Paul Schwartz of the New York Post report that had Brian Dable sitting these guys down and saying, where did this situation come from this jay glazer report what's going on anybody have an issue and and it was like no i don't know i don't know no 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 and then, and then well, all there of you sudden, go. so he knows he's got a leak in the building and he also knows that he has a defense coordinator that went behind his back and put the general manager on the on the uh, headsets well he did, did uh, even worse i mean the result was the general manager on the headset he went to the owner he went to the owner but that's that so if i'm brian dayball and i, I want to keep my job and i'm the head man you're all gone goodbye and that's exactly what he did and and i don't blame him one bit for it because it's his job he's the man he's the guy that faces the music every single day with the media he's the one that's got to get the most out of the quarterback he's the one that's dealing with the losing he's the one that's dealing with the you know the the wrong plays or maybe a, a a breakdown on defense or offense or a missed field goal. He's the one that's got to deal with all that. Now, look, you and I both know how intense he is. Yeah, and we and we talked about that intensity as a positive. And now, all of a sudden, 
because somebody's feelings got hurt. We got to sit here and wonder about whether or not, you know, he's too intense. I mean, it, what? Ridiculous. What? And this is, and how many phone calls do we get from people in all sports, fans of all the teams, when they have a manager or a coach who doesn't look like he's intense or into it? They're like, you got to get this guy out of here. He doesn't care. He just stands there. What does he do? I need someone who wants to get in somebody's face. Uh, so we can't sit here now and all of a sudden be like, oh, okay. You know, well, like I, Brian Dable's like, too intense. When, when my hockey team loses, I want I want to see them come out the next game. I want to see them be more physical. I want to see them taking the body, going in the corner, going to get the puck, you know, knocking people away from the goalie in front of the net. I want to see all that. You know, when I want to watch my football game or my football team, one of the reasons why you respect Mike Tomlin and his Steelers, Steelers team, even without T.J. Watt, they're a pain in the ass to play. They always come to play, you know, because there is a way that you 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 have this expectation if you're a Steeler fan that you're going to you want to win. Now, I know they haven't won playoff games. I understand that. Mm-hmm. They, they're kind of like in the same boat as the Cowboys now. And they get killed in these playoff games. I, I know that. And but that, that that team got to 10 and seven and made it to the playoffs, man. I know. So I, I want a coach that's going to be holding people accountable. We're going to, you know, spend time with these guys every day in the clubhouse, <laughs> and I'm going to love every one of them. So that press conference, I reacted like, forget it. And We're going to care more about the players than anyone ever has before. <laughs> Tricky, <laughs> Tricky yeah, Mickey. Right, okay, how'd that work out? Yeah. Schween pick Mick. Hey, let me tell you something. Bill Parcells was a pain in the ass. And Phil Sims has told us a million times that for the first three or four years under Parcells, he thought his first name was Effin. Yep. Effin Sims. And guess what he did? Won a Super Bowl. We're going to know that they're human beings and individuals. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Schween pick Mick dropping in for a little creepy laugh on a Tuesday morning. <laughs> 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 oh, boy. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Boomer and Geo on the fan and the free Odyssey app. We will be joined by CBS Sports Network at about 8.30 this morning after USA field hockey that is taking place in India. We've got... (laughs) That actually sounds fun when you say that. Well, that's what's going on, right? Is this like pre-Olympic sports or is that what they're qualifying? I think so. It's got to be some international... It is, yeah. The Major top three teams uh, qualify. Oh, good job, Eddie. You ever been to India? I have not. You plan on ever going to India? 
I, you know, not not in the near future. I haven't really thought about it. And I think of it. <laughs> there. <laughs> Truck talk in Mumbai. <laughs> uh, we got to get to our chalk talk at Tellers first. That's right. Is that yeah. next week already? That's next week already, yes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so anyway, but uh, I think about like there's these places that we, we see and that exist in this world no, that we'll you're never just see never going to go there. Yeah. You just know. Yes. I'm never going there. We talk about that all the time. It's such a big world and there's so many places are we will never see. Ever go to China? No, I've never been to China. Japan? Never. No, I've never been to the Far East, though. Wow. And I've no been, India either. I've I mean, Hawaii is the farthest west I've been. You've been to China? Yes. And how'd you enjoy your time there? Uh, it was uh, hot and yeah. uh, a long trip. Mm-hmm. But so, it was, uh, I'm glad I experienced it. Other than getting diabetes there. He's... Yeah, that, that's true. Oh, is yeah. that where is it? Is that where it came from? Well, I was uh, his sweaty balls. I got the uh, diabetes, the original Jaina virus. <laughs> I, no, I was inoculated for. Uh, I got a gamma globulin shot, which they used to, you know, give the uh, troops before they went overseas, and something in that vaccination caused the immune response that gave me type one diabetes. So you're an anti-vaxer. I am not. Oh. You are a vaccine. You're still te- okay. Still, even though, because I know every vaccine is going to affect a small percentage of people negatively, and it, and it, I got unlucky. Are you going to go back to China? Probably not. Japan? Ever been to Japan? Uh, only on my way to China, I was in the airport. Doesn't count. Yeah. I've been in the Galapagos Islands. Oh, that's, that's cool. You see all the animals there, the tortoises uh-huh. and all that? And I uh, just was in Iceland. That's a good one, too. For none guy, of those places, I'm going to say. Christ, poverty in the Galapagos Islands, he's got China, well, he's Japan, got wealth, Iceland, the company that works for him. <laughs> Shorehaven Wealth Management. Wealth That's partners, correct. right? Shorehaven Wealth Partners. Wealth Partners. Yes. <laughs> and Al's that got them now, too, right, Al? Mm-hmm. I sure do. I saw how well Eddie was doing. I said, let me go over yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, Jerry, what's going on in sports, man? Brought to you by Town Fair Tire. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. We had the Bucks and Eagles wrapping up Super Wild Card Weekend last night in Tampa. Let's threaten. Here it comes. And Mayfield throws it up for grabs. Toward the, it's caught. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Chris Godwin. Oh, my goodness. Buccaneers get a great throw under pressure and a 23-yard touchdown. And that was uh, Gene Deckerhoff on Bucks Radio that made it uh, thirty-two to nine as Tampa just clobbered the Eagles and sent them packing for the offseason. Baker Mayfield three thirty-seven and three touchdowns. Here was their head coach Todd Bowles likes where the team is as they move on to the divisional round. Said a lot about the growth of our team from where we were in the beginning to the middle toward the end, and now playing with confidence, playing team football everybody's playing fundamentally sound and technique sound we got technique sound how about that here was uh, hey dan campbell i'm coming for your ass <laughs> <laughs> here was uh mayfield we're just going out and doing our thing proud of our guys proud hey. of everybody in the building to stick together like we did the, the second half of the year and um to get to this spot just to keep fighting to stick together and don't listen to the outside noise just just trust the people next to you and so they will go to detroit this weekend as for philly they go home you ever uh, notice it's like everybody's got outside noise. A lot of outside. There's always outside noise because there's more and more of it every day with social media. A lot of outside noise. Like Al has order. outside noise. Al was talking about the streaming, Peacock streaming, and comparing it to the size of a schween. 
Okay, I think it was affected weird. by outside noise. I only think. got two inches, Jerry. I don't know what you got. <laughs> that was from this morning. Yes, I do remember that this morning. Brand new drop. Unlike yesterday, not remembering the drop, but yes, I do remember <laughs> And actually, uh, it clicked to this morning because Al brought up the reason why we were talking about it yesterday. And oh, that's when I said it. The other thing, I have to apologize to you because I did see this Instagram with Jerry Jones giving an interview after the game, and I didn't realize that somebody put the crying filter on him with his bottom <laughs> lip shivering and everything. And I just kept thinking about Jerry Recco, and this guy's going to die tomorrow. <laughs> and, and I, I, I want to apologize terrible. that I, I'm, I'm sorry that he even let that get right, to me like that. So how do you read into this? This was Jordan Lewis yesterday, Cowboys defensive back. He's soon to be a free agent. Uh, Jerry did speak to the team his message to the club as they were wrapping up and heading out the door. He wants to win right now. The urgency is now. I mean, it was always that. We always had that that on our shoulders. But, you know, he, he made it clear that that's, that was the point. Why right now? How come? Why is the urgency right now, Boomer? Uh, you know, maybe because he's getting old. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, I mean, I, and you broke that story. I, the there's no story to break. <laughs> you did break it. He's referencing comments he made, not me. We got to pull those two stories together. Oh, my God. And like Jerry Jones dies on the golf course, getting hit in the head with <laughs> a golf <laughs> And then those two stories that you will not let go of <laughs> can come together in one cacophony of oh, tragedy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, well. <laughs> you weren't too much, I swear. Uh, so while you got that, so here are the Eagles. Here was Jalen Hurts. They lose. Really nothing good to this game, but he says hopefully it's a learning experience. It's crazy as it is. I mean, um, you, you have to be able to u- use it for your for your advantage and, and find a, a positive out of this negative, turn that negative into a positive somehow. Yeah, well, good luck. You're going to have to wait through the offseason for that. Here was their head coach, Nick Sirianni, on the evening. We're, we were just a little out of sync, obviously. Um, you know, we had the big play to Devontae. Besides that, we were just a little bit out of flow. That's always going to start with me. Uh, wasn't good enough. Um, obviously, we're not putting them in good enough positions. And speaking of not being in good enough New positions. New Zealand scored, by the way. It's 1-1 now. Okay. Was that really a goal or is that stick too high? No, it was a goal. That was. That was a no. hell of a goal. It was a hell of a shot. Pat Boyle is going to lead the 5 o'clock <laughs> update tomorrow with this. <laughs> I it got was a not a goal. It was not a goal. Oh, they took it off they the took board. It off the board. I think the stick was too high. Of the girl. Wow. Hit the, hit the ball. All right. So uh, disregard that. So disallowed goal. Still one nothing USA. So you hear Sirianni talking about not having his team in the proper position. Well, that was another thing that Seth Joyner went to town on in that post game show. On Nick Sirianni and Brian Johnson, you knew that Todd Bowles was gonna was gonna blitz you. There were times where I saw they lined up with three down linemen on each side against an empty set. That means that there's only five offensive linemen to block six. That's not good math. Thank you. That's the point. You <laughs> yes. know, and I, and I know exactly what he's talking about. Bad. And from a quarterback standpoint, I need answers. Yeah. I need somebody to give me a game plan to handle what we're seeing and to adjust on the fly if we can't handle it. And it doesn't seem like the Eagles had that happen for the last half of the season. Yeah. Their last uh, lost six out of seven, I think, to wrap things up after being 10 and 1. <laughs> Yeah, and and, uh, and I think they were pointing to the like the lifelessness of the team on the sideline. I thought the defensive line for the Eagles played pretty decent. I, the secondary was terrible. 
Not good. And so they go home, and uh, Tampa does advance. The Bills also advancing. Josh Allen had a monster game. Here's the snap. Blitz coming. Allen steps up in the pocket, going to take off and run. Has the first down and more. To the 40, to the 35, 30. Breaks away. 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Josh Allen. Bills Radio with the call. Part of a 31-17 win. They were up 21-0 in this game. Never looked back, though it got a little tight. Uh, at 24-17, but they went right down the field and scored to end that. Here was Sean McDermott on the touchdown run. Yeah, it's Josh. I mean, just, I think it was even Joe on the headset going, get down, get down. And then he goes and scores. And he's like, I mean, I mean, go score, right? So, Yeah, ha, ha, ha. Uh, Dawson Knox, Allen never amazes us anymore. It's almost normal now. Um, him making a crazy play like that almost every single game. Um, sometimes you just you can't help but just to sit back and be a fan. <laughs> it's like in your head you're, you're screaming slide, but then he's just you know weaving in and out of defenders, running guys over. Exactly what you were pointing out earlier that he's going to kill you if you try and tackle him. Um, here was Mason Rudolph for the uh, for the Steelers. They look lost early, uh, and he knows that's really what got them. We knew being on on the road, you got to come out and you know keep it close early, and we didn't. But you know, it was probably the way we fought back there at the end. And, um, and got to within a touchdown, just not enough. Uh, Mike Tomlin had trouble stopping them in the early going. How did the loss of um, T.J. Watt affect you? You know, I didn't think about it, to be quite honest with you. We knew all week he wasn't playing, and so we prepared with that mindset. And so I didn't waste any time thinking about what, what wasn't at our disposal. Uh, we had too much at our disposal and too many decisions and considerations to be made to waste time like that. <laughs> Okay, well, you didn't have him, and it certainly showed. So the Steelers' season ends. The Bills' season continues. They get the Sunday 6.30 game against the Chiefs in Orchard Park. Saturday, Ravens-Texans at 4.30. Niners and Packers then at 8.15. Bill Belichick in interviewing in Atlanta. Jim Harbaugh interviewing with Sandy, um, with Los Angeles, the Chargers, that is. To the NBA, where the uh, full boat of games for the most part. Nick's Magic yesterday afternoon at the Garden and a late good finish for the Magic. Not so much for the next. And Carroll pull up jumper, got it again. Tom Thibodeau says no timeout, played through it, down five with 137 to go. Carroll has been feasting with the 15-foot jumper. Mm, yeah, Boncaro ended up with 20 points. 98-94 was the final as Orlando came from behind for the win. No Jalen Brunson for the Knicks again because of the calf injury. Here was Tom Thibodeau. He says our offense deserted us late. You got to trust when they collapse that you you make the play. When you do, you know, uh, know, we made 13 threes. We took 40 threes. So sometimes it's make or miss. And, uh, you know, so... We didn't make. Nope, they didn't make. It's kind of like America with interference that wasn't called right now. Wendell Carter had 17 off the bench. <laughs> Julius Randle, 15 on 5 of 18 shooting. They're in replay review, Jerry. Here was Josh Hart, no Brunson. You know, you're missing 25 a game. Um, and just, you know, someone who can um, control the pace of the game. Um, so obviously that's difficult to replace. No goal! No goal <laughs> again. Official. This I mean, thing is fixed. scored twice. Yeah. I mean, they don't want the Americans to lose. They're definitely fixing so, this thing. Boomer, do you know, does there... That had to be interference. Does it have to be, like, literally on the ground, this thing, when they... When they... I don't think it could be above the waist, but I got to tell you, I think it's. I think they called interference on that. I think a New Zealand player hit an American player, but New Zealand has owned this game. Well, for the last half an hour. I got to tell you, you want to get in shape, play field hockey. You ain't kidding. I mean, you don't <laughs> stop moving up and down the floor. 
or the whatever the hell the that field. is. What kind that's of surface field. is that? That's a field. That's probably a it's a turf. Like turf? Field. Yeah, a turf field. Huh. So they have to have a, a field where the ball is rolling. You also end up with scoliosis, though. Yeah, I know. The bending over has yeah. got to be tough on these players when they get older. Jeez. Is there, are there pro field hockey leagues? I'm sure there are. I mean... Right, right. right now there's a pro I league where you have Just Google it. I have to say that this game is very entertaining. It is. Yeah, no, know it's great. It yeah, no, it's good. It's better than cornhole, Jerry. Why don't you start a field hockey league? The Jerry Recco Field Hockey League. Sure, you want to find me a... a, a, a well, don't you have a partner? Can he find you, like, whatever you stop. need? You stop. I'm start a field hockey league. <laughs> this guy, EJ, what does he do? Oh, here we go. Uh, Nets <laughs> lost to the Heat 96-95. Had the ball uh, late stages, but couldn't finish. Bridges being pounded in the backcourt by Richardson. Gets a screen to get into the front court. Shot clock is off. Now to five seconds to go. Nets down one. Bridges left in the lane. Tough fadeaway. Baseline. Airballed it. Rebound a hero, and the Heat win it. And yes, they do. 96-95. Chris Carino with the call here on the fan. Tyler Hero with that rebound. He had 29 points. Jimmy Butler, 31. They were a two-man show. 60 of the 96 points as the Heat get the win. The Nets now have lost 13 of 16. They are sinking like a stone. Now 16-23. and 23. College basketball, you got St. John's and Seton Hall at the Prudential Center tonight. UConn, the new number one team in the country. Hockey yesterday. The Devils took on the Bruins, and it did not go well for Jersey. We play Jim Devils win the draw. Okay. Hall's shot is blocked. Here's Hughes with it. Tries to get it to Hall. A pass picked off by Frederick. He races after it. Nemitz hustling back, but Frederick slides and flips it off the post and in. And that did it. Bruins win 3 nothing. Matt Lachlan with the call on Devils Radio. Charlie Coyle scored in the second. Really all they needed. And the Islanders lost to the Wild 5 nothing. Faber at the top looks things over. Now Matt Zuccarello snaps and scores. Matt Zuccarello, a power play goal. And the Wild score quickly in this one. 5 nothing would be the final. Brendan Burke on MSG. So a rough night for the Isles. Heard from Lane Lambert last hour. Not happy with the team's effort. Isles in Winnipeg tonight. Rangers take on the Kraken. And the Yankees sign the top overall international prospect, outfielder Francisco Valorio. And the Mets sign the son of Vlad Guerrero, uh, Vladdy Miguel Guerrero. He's also the... Um, uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, never mind. Uh, <laughs> Giovanni Rodriguez, that's his name. That's okay. the, it's the international catcher that they signed as well. The top uh, international catcher. All right, prospect. so we're going after international players, spending some money, bringing some guys in. <clears throat> yeah, and they spent a lot of international money. Right, exactly. And they're going to see if they guys. can find, you know, maybe they find a little uh, diamond in the rough there, boys. Maybe. I was going to call him Giovanni. Giovanni. So I've been uh, looking to see if you can bet on this field hockey thing while sure. I'm sitting here. I can't find it, at least uh, not on FanDuel, but it is amazing. Like the stuff that you can bet on live and watch on the app. You can watch the sport live? Yeah, so how really? about so how, right now, live, China Basketball League, the CBA, China's Chinese Basketball Association, the Ningbo Fubon Rocket against the Shanghai Sharks at halftime. You could bet either, you know, the money line or the spread for the rest China. of the game. And then you could stream the game. Really? Via the app. And that's on FanDuel? Yeah. Wow. It's sit there and watch so does FanDuel the football rocket. Pay them for that? Or would they pay FanDuel to put the stream on for people? China. Like <laughs> I don't know. That's wild. But that is fascinating to me. Reminds me of the Korean baseball during the pandemic. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Like, it you know, is that amazing. and darts. 
That you darts were betting on darts. Oh, and ping pong, too. Ping Russian pong. ping pong. That's right. was another one. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> one guy called up and said, you got to get into this Russian ping pong. And we did. All right, Boomer and Geo on the fan in CBS Sports Network. We will uh, get to the calls in just a second. I know that there's uh, people that are dying to get on uh, this morning, so we will get to the calls as Al is informing me that there's a lot of people that are upset. We're not going to as many phone calls this morning, so we will get to you, I promise. Why is that? Oh, we'll see. I don't I don't know. We'll see what happens here. I mean, Linda wants to get on. We've got to get Linda on. We will. But I just wanted to recommend something. See if you remembered this or anybody remembered this. It was alive at the time. HBO Max has a documentary out now called The Chow Chilla Kids. Do you remember in 1976 the kidnapping of an entire school bus filled with children, 26 children, that three kidnappers took and put them underground in a moving trailer and were going to hold them for ransom, but they ended up escaping? And the bus driver down there. Do you remember that story at all? No, I know you were young. No, well, I mean, it was, I mean, you know, I was 15. I can't say that I remember it, no. Now, it was in California. Now, I asked my parents about this, too. They didn't remember it. Eddie, do you remember this at all? I do not. It's amazing to me. And they said, like, in the documentary, they make it sound like, and they showed, like, Walter Cronkite and Dan Rather and, like, the national news talking about it. They made it sound like it was the biggest story in the country and captivated the country now, I had never heard of it. I wasn't alive, but I wasn't alive for a lot of things that I had heard about in the past. But everybody I talked to that was alive in 1976 has no recollection of this. Now, I know it happened. It's just amazing to me that the story that big, everybody I talked to doesn't remember actually when it happened. 26 kids were kidnapped off a school bus, and these guys put them underground with right, the bus driver. So basically what has happened now? They all got out. Okay. Uh, they were able to dig themselves out underground, and they they did find the three kidnappers, and now all of them actually are out on parole. They got out on parole like in the last couple of years, but they spent 40-some-odd years in, in prison. But a lot of the people that were, you know, the kids that were kidnapped had issues, you know, for many years after that and sort of had to relive everything during the trial. Any, anybody else. like a major success or something? I'm, yeah, no. Actually, no, no. It's pretty, it's actually very sad. There's not anybody that was a major success. There was one guy who was got sober and and is now working on a farm, and the whole thing sort of ended with that because he got he cleaned himself up. What's but, the name of the... Uh, I think it's called the Chow Chilla Kids. The Chow Chilla Kids, and it's on HBO Max or Max yeah, yeah, now? Yeah, it's on Max. Chow Max, okay. Chilla. I highly recommend, though. Chow oh, okay. Chilla Kidnappers, Chow Chilla Documentary. Uh... Or maybe it's just called, I think it's just called Chow Chilla. Okay. So, yeah. But, I mean, I I still have not found a single person in my life that remembers the story. And I feel like if that happened today, we'd never forget that story. 26 school children kidnapped, well, disappeared. I mean, they disappeared for like 36 hours. They found a bus. They found no kids. And, and they were like, what the hell happened? Was this a UFO? What, what happened here? Well, I mean, if it happened today, we'd have cameras. It would be all over TikTok. It would be all over everywhere. Yeah, it's, it certainly would be. All right, let's go to Linda in Flushing. Good morning, Linda. How are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you? We're doing great, Linda. Sorry we didn't get to you before. I know uh, we were talking. Okay. We were yapping. We were being very, very selfish, Linda. 
No, no, that's okay. This is the first time I've ever called in. I've heard so much about your show, and I think it's hysterical. I mean, I'm gonna watch, I'm gonna listen to you from now on. Oh, thank you, Linda. We appreciate thank you that. very much, Linda. And and I love football, and I watch constantly. I've been around longer than there have been Super Bowls. <laughs> that, do you remember the Chow Chilla kidnappings? No, I don't remember that wow. either. It's amazing. All right, anyway, go ahead, Linda. What do you want to talk about football? Well, I, I love football, but the thing is, it really is taking a little too long. And I thought of a great way to save some time. Okay, this is what they should do. Yeah. Well, I mean, I hate when anybody gets hurt on the field, but they take so much time attending to them where they're rolling around. Yeah. So I just got a great idea. Why don't, when they fall down and they're laying there, why don't they just roll them like a carpet off to the sidelines and just push them off into the, you know, into the foul territory, whatever, like out of bounds. And then this way they can attend to them over there. But if they don't roll them out, there should be a time limit that they can only roll around so long. And if there's a time limit, then if they don't roll them off the side in the right length of time, then they get a five-yard penalty. Okay, Linda. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh <laughs> I want to say this nicely. I, do you know how ridiculous that sounds? <laughs> Just roll well, them off the side. We can't I mean, do that. I'm tired of staying up past eleven o'clock at night waiting for these. Yeah, guys I know. You know, maybe a guy has a broken neck, or unfortunately, he's concussed, oh, or he's well, got a broken they leg. Put on him real quick, but maybe they should give him maybe a few more minutes before they roll him off. The I mean, maybe they could have rolled Demar Hamlin off the field last year, and then what do you oh. think would have happened there? Well, it might have taken a little bit longer to recover. <laughs> Linda, I was thinking they would just, you know, when a guy falls down and gets injured, like like you take, you know, a sick animal to a vet, they should just put him down, I think, on the oh, field. No. Oh, no, and no, then no. just drag them off. That's what I think would probably be the faster thing. Huh? And then we don't have to deal uh, you know, with these Linda, I these love the wusses. fact that you are a football fan. And I love it. But, I mean, come on. Come on. And by the way. to feel like a carpet. Right. And the NFL is working their asses off to, to shorten these games and to make them, like, in a three-hour window. And they're doing it in a lot of ways that fans don't even realize. Yeah. Whether it be the expedited replay, whether it be the extra referees on the sidelines communicating with the coaches so the referee that is actually officiating the game doesn't have to go running to both sidelines. They're trying to do it through communication and technology. And for the most part, I think it's brilliant. We don't know about it. We didn't know about expedited replay really last year. They yeah. didn't really talk about it much. And now it's become part of the playoff games and trying to keep them moving along. I'm sorry, but the image of some guy writhing in pain on the ground, grabbing his knee, and like a grounds crew coming out like they would roll the tarp onto a baseball field and just roll the guy off while he's like, ah, ah, come on, we got to keep this thing moving. And Linda's like, finally, finally, they're rolling these guys off. I can't stay up to 11 p.m. to watch these games. Roll these jerks off the field. Uh, Imagine these guys come out. They're all dressed the same, like uniforms. They got the ref, like, black and white on each other. Rolling them off. Like a carpet. Roll them up in a carpet, then put them on the back of the cart and get them off the field. We'll figure it out when we get them in the locker room. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. That was almost as good as the guy who said put opposing magnets in the helmets so guys don't hit each other on the football field. Repel off of one another. Oh, God.
Coming to you live from the Build Ford Tough Studio. Jason Kelsey, Eagles Center, officially retiring. Told his teammates last night that it was over. I think a lot of people believe this was going to be his last season. Almost was his last season last year. And then Howie Roseman convinced him to come back one more year. You saw last night how he was emotional going off the field. This guy's going to be a Hall of Famer for sure. He's one of the best centers of his generation, if not the best center of his generation so that's uh one kelsey out of the league and we'll see how long uh, his brother uh, who also will be a hall of famer continues to play and both these guys with super bowl championships as well yeah it's amazing it's an amazing story about both of them cincinnati i think both the university of cincinnati players um you see where they have uh came from and where they where they went to and where uh, travis is still headed <laughs> I, I can't even imagine what his life must be like yeah, it's got to be crazy, and it's going to be even crazier now with this game in Buffalo with the Chiefs and the Bills. It will be the most talked-about game uh, leading up to this divisional playoff weekend. And we talked before about the AFC and quarterback-driven league and the the quarterbacks that are left in the AFC. Yep. How about the quarterbacks that are left in the NFC? Jordan Love, Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff, and Brock Purdy. Three first-round picks and Mr. Irrelevant. I mean, isn't so that seven, incredible? Seven of the eight quarterbacks that are playing in the division round are all first-round draft picks. I think five of those seven were traded up to to go and get. Okay. And and Brock Purdy's the only one who was uh, drafted with the last pick in the draft. And uh, quite frankly, it just, it just goes to show you, Brock Purdy's in a great situation with a great coach. Great offense, great offensive players around him. It just goes. It, we always go back to it. Quarterback driven league, quarterback driven league, and that's why. <clears throat> what I was saying yesterday about the NFC North, when you look at all the good young players on the rosters of the Packers, the Lions, the Vikings, and now the Bears, and the Bears are going to add Caleb Williams. They're going to take him number one. That division is going to be. What it used to be. I mean, it's going to be like one of the really tougher divisions. It's kind of like the AFC North. And right now, as we look at the playoffs with the last eight teams left, no NFC East team has made it this far. Yeah. And you're talking about two teams and the Eagles and the Cowboys that look like they would be there in the end and both out in embarrassing fashion. And yes, Jordan Love, Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff, first round picks and high first round picks and and two of them uh, number one overall. But all these guys had major adversity in their careers in different places. The Browns just getting rid of Baker Mayfield and going nuts with the Deshaun Watson contract. Uh, Jordan Love having to sit extra years behind Aaron Rodgers. And then when he gets an opportunity to play, people think that he's not going to be uh, as good as Favre and Rodgers was and had to shake that off and, and live in two shadows. Uh, Jared Goff, obviously, Sean McVay saying he's not good enough, going out, getting Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford winning a Super Bowl that Jared Goff could not. So all these guys going through, you know, getting picked in the first round high, two of which first overall, but it's not like they were first overall and and rode into the Hall of Fame like Peyton Manning did. Uh, these guys have had some some real, real adversity in the league and have come out on the other side. But at the end of the day, it, it just goes to show you, you got to keep trying. If there's a guy there that you believe can be your leader, you got to draft him. You can't just be sitting on your hands taking a kicker or, you know, or, or whatever. I mean, obviously an edge rusher or a wide receiver, but you got to have somebody that is going to be the leader. 
you know, and I think Aaron Rodgers was going to be that for the Jets. Tom Brady was that for the, the Buccaneers and the Patriots. So, yeah, you can win with older quarterbacks for sure. But I, I just you just got to keep going back to the well. Even if you've, you haven't gotten it right, whether you're the Jets or the Giants, if that guy is sitting there, you got to take him. Yeah, and you just got a t- shots on goal when it comes to that position, that's, that's right? exactly right. Shots on goal. Because I very rarely, like, I, I, do you believe Tampa Bay is going to go to the Super Bowl with Baker Mayfield? I would say no. I mean, the chances of making it I is probably below 10%. Yeah, I mean, there's absolutely no chance in hell it would be one of the most shocking stories in the uh, history of professional But guys can get injured. You know, sports. you never know. Like, this year, this year was a weird year. And by the way, even with an extra game, Anybody throw for 40 touchdowns? No. I mean, like, Brady and those guys are throwing for 50 touchdowns in 16 games. Yeah, I know. So you wonder, like, what, like, with the extra game, you would think there'd be bigger numbers, and they're supposed to be like, we're supposed to have a 2,000-yard receiver. We didn't get that. Well, Tyreek Hill was well on his way and ended up getting hurt. That's right. Ended up getting hurt. And Justin Jefferson was one of those other guys. He missed a ton of time as well. Are we reviewing another goal in this field hockey game again? Yes, it's like the third time. Oh, my goodness. There's a lot of reviews. I wonder if this happens every single game or this is just, like, unique to this particular Well, matchup. what happened here is that the review gave the uh, the New Zealand team a free shot here. And watch how the Americans come screaming out of the goal and the goalies there and everything. Watch this. This is an amazing this is, play. This is a set piece here set for play, yes. New Zealand. It's a big boom. moment here. And a big save. Kick save and a beauty by the U.S. Right. 3.45 to go. And then they move on and we get preempted again. Let's go to Joe in Wappingers Falls. What's going on, Joe? Hey, good morning, gentlemen. How are you? What's up, Joe? So, I, I got to you know, this whole field hockey thing, my daughter played for the first time last year in middle school. It is the most frustrating sport to watch as a parent when you have no idea what's happening. <laughs> I mean, it was absolutely bananas. Mm. I'm a, I'm a you know, softball dad, soccer, whatever else. Field hockey is just beyond my comprehension with how this game works. Well, I, I mean, watching it at this level, watching it at this level is completely different. These these gals are oh. really going at it. I mean, this is intense. We, we, we got to go watch a college game with the girls after that, and, and my God, the difference is really it's amazing. But it is so different than any sport I've watched. Um, but guys, I just want to talk, talk quickly, guys, about Josh Allen. I mean, watching this guy play. Tell me if you can agree with this. I feel like if you took Brett Favre's craziness. I put it inside of John Elway's body. I mean, that's what you have with Josh Allen. I mean, the guy is just, he's the gunslinger type, but he's got this body that he can run. I mean, if this guy ever just, I mean, maybe it would be different. Maybe it wouldn't work as well if he thought too much about it. But my God, watching him play is exciting in so many different ways. You can want to kill yourself watching him. (laughs) At the same time, the thing he does is just like, Wow, it's unbelievable to watch this guy play. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be. And being a Bills fan, you're on the edge of your seat because at any point he could take over the game, be the best player in the NFL, or throw the dumb interception that knocks them out of the playoffs. And at, at any play, it, it could happen. Now, I, I do think he straightened himself out well, that during his winning game, streak. Though. Yeah, but that Miami game, it wasn't great. That was the Josh Allen yeah. interception game, right. run around game, make a couple play games. But yesterday was a flawless game. It was. And when he plays like that, and that's the way he played in weeks two, three, and four before they went to London. And then they went to London, and then they came back, and then he reverted. And that's when they ended up firing their offensive coordinator. You you think about it, yesterday, both the Steelers and the Bills fired their offensive coordinators in the middle of the season. That's right. And you had a changing of the defensive coordinator out there in Philadelphia. You had a lot of these things going on during the season, which was amazing. Yeah. 
And it, with this is the perfect situation for the Bills, though. They've got... You want to talk about a revenge situation from a few years ago with that horrible loss that they had with the 13 seconds? To get that team at home when they're playing hot like this, to finally be able to host the Kansas City Chiefs for a chance to go to the championship game, I mean, this is they can't lose this game. They can't. They cannot lose this football game. The Chiefs have won a couple of Super Bowls. This is the Bills' time. A lot of tough injuries, man, on the Bills. A lot of tough injuries. But didn't now, you have Niners Bills? Is your I, new I, revised? Yes, Niners Bills. I hope that's the case. I mean, you know, listen, I just I like, I, want, I, guess I want good like games. That. What I want is good games. And we haven't necessarily had that. We had one good game, and that was uh, the Rams and the Lions. I mean, it got a little bit interesting yesterday with the Steelers, but no one really believed that they were going to win the game. And, yeah, it was it. One good game. Rams, Lions, the rest of them were, I mean, at t- you just felt like blowouts the entire time. Let's go to Alex in Totowa, New Jersey. What's going on, Alex? Hey, Boomer. Hey, Joe. How are you guys doing? Good, Alex. What's up? I wanted to get your take on my point about uh, these roughing the passer and late hit calls. I mean, let's just ignore the fact for a second that all these penalty calls and these rule changes are for the safety of the players. And at least this year, every game you watch, there was backup quarterbacks in because people were hurt. So, obviously, the rules aren't protecting the players or keeping, the, keeping them on the field. But if you're a a wide receiver and you complain about pass interference, I get it. Stop you from making a play on the ball. You're a lineman, you complain about holding, stop you from making a play. But these quarterbacks, they don't even hit the ground and they're looking for a flag. That call on Josh, Josh Allen yesterday, regardless if it was a, a late hit, he didn't even hit the turf yet and he's looking for a flag. I mean, I just feel like the product is getting so bad, right? You have the guys on the sidelines throwing the fake flags. You have the teammates throwing the fake flags. I just feel like the sport has become but we're just looking for free 15-yard penalties. And I really feel like it's just ruining the product. And I just wanted to get your guys' take. Yeah, it's annoying. It's frustrating. There's no question about it. And late in the game, what are we all waiting for when a ball is thrown in the air? We're all waiting for a flag from somewhere. And I, I will say, to the, to the NFL's credit, they're trying to limit that. They're trying to let the guys play a little bit. So if there's a little tug by a defensive back on a wide receiver, which is hard enough for the defensive back to cover the guy anyway, they may let it go. And I, I, I think we saw that in the Kansas City-Miami game. But, yes, you are right. I'm, as a former quarterback, Tom Brady was the king of this. Get up and start screaming at the referee that he got a cheap shot. But I will say this. For a guy also who got hit by Gio's favorite player, <laughs> dirty about five different times. Hall of Famer John Randall. Right. There, there, is, there is something to be said about some of the shots that we used to take. <clears throat> and they're trying to get those out of the game. So I uh, I understand it. I think everybody is now conditioned for it. Yeah, and that logic that the caller brought up doesn't exactly work where he says, oh, these rules aren't working. We don't know how many more injuries there would be if the rules were not as strict as they are with touching the quarterback. And I don't blame any player <clears throat> like Josh Allen or Tom Brady or whomever if they're going to be calling for flags or trying to influence an official because these games are so tight. There's so much money on the line careers, coaches, jobs, everything, that if a 15-yard personal foul is going to put you into a Super Bowl and you can somehow influence an official into throwing that, I'm going to do it too. And that's what I'd want from my players. I will say Josh is getting a little bit of a reputation of being a flopper. Mm. You know, like he's getting hit and getting up. Like from his peers, you think? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's a a thing that's happening. There's no question about it. I don't think he really cares, but... (laughs) 
Well, All yeah. he cares about is getting the yardage or getting the play back or getting the first down. And, you know, all these, most of these rules, and the one, the one rule that I am glad that they are kind of emphasizing more is the illegal man downfield rule because these offensive linemen sometimes do cheat on the wide receiver screens and the, the screens themselves or the, the delay to the tight end over the middle. And these guys are three yards, four yards down the field. Yeah. I am glad that they actually are trying to hold the offense to that, um, which is a big thing. It is a huge thing. But as far as the roughing the passer and pass interference and defensive holding, I mean, it's a part of the game, and we've all become conditioned to see it and expect it. And, and uh, to that point, being conditioned to expect it, the NFL's at a tough place in the playoffs because for the entire season, they've been calling some of these roughing the passer penalties where you feel like they are ticky-tack. And now in the postseason, if they don't make one of those calls, if they do make it, they'll get criticized. If they don't make it, they'll get criticized because they'll say, hey, for the entire season, that was a penalty. Now all of a sudden in the AFC Championship game, it's not. Now, let me just tell you what's going on right now as we speak. Every game is being reviewed. Every game is being discussed. Every non-penalty that was called or was missed is being discussed. Every penalty that shouldn't have been called is being discussed. You know, they want the game to be as clean as they possibly can make it. They don't want to have influence on these games, uh, especially if it is a blatant wrong call. And that's one of the reasons why you have expedited replay. That's one of the reasons why... The New York office is very much involved in all of these games. And, and it's also another reason why you have referees standing next to the head coaches on the sideline during the game to improve the communication process. Yeah, and it's never going to be perfect. And there's always going to be one fan base that's going to be upset with something. And there'll be a holding call or there'll be a roughing the passer or illegal contact on a third and 13. that gives them an automatic first down in a, in a fourth quarter in a tie game. It's going to drive you absolutely nuts. I mean, all that stuff is still going to happen. Uh, you just don't want to feel like the wrong team wins a game because of it and we felt that way in several occasions in big moments well, in the, the last number the, of the years saints and the rams exactly which which was probably the biggest b- buffoon non-call in the history of the league yeah absolutely and it cost the team a trip to the super bowl yeah i mean there was other things that happened there we had talked about it but um yes that was obviously as bad as it gets and and it even influenced a horrible rule change for the next year with reviewing pass interference yes. calls that they had to just get they had to stop doing that because it was it was absolutely pathetic. Uh, all right, fifty seconds to go now. I'm telling you, it's getting it's getting tense. And the reason I bring it up is because you are locked in right now. Uh, Forty seconds to go. New Zealand, USA, USA up one nothing in this women's field now, hockey. Do you think that they have extra time? I don't know if they have extra time like soccer or not because I haven't seen the clock stop at all. Oh, okay. It has stopped when they do those video reviews. Oh, well, for the video review, it does? Okay. All right. So this is, we're counting down and we're going to be, uh, uh, man, you know, there's going to be, I mean, if this were a Ranger game, this would be like the other team right in front of the net the whole last minute and a half. Do they pull the goalie, I wonder, in this situation for an extra attacker? I don't know. This American gal is really, I mean, dribbling. Oh, they do pull a goalie. Look at that. Empty net. And she took a slap shot and hit the girl in the head from New Zealand. That's what I was thinking had to happen. Oh, this is going to be it. We won. All right. There you go. We won. So we'll be preempted again later. When are we getting preempted again, Eddie? I believe Thursday. And if they win that, then Friday. Oh, wow. All right. Well, hey, man, I'm I'm happy. I'm I'm happy for the the women. Look at them going out there. It's all over. And uh, so there you go. You get a little post game, probably. A lot of crying going on, too, now. For the, yeah, New for Zealand. New Zealand. A lot of crying. 
All right. So we'll, like uh, when, when we used to play softball, you guys just do a lot of crying. I know I was a little tough on you guys. <laughs> You're like Brian Dable. Mm, Only when the games were scheduled. Yeah, I was tough on you guys. And I, I, you know, would tell you after the game that I appreciated your hustle, your attention to detail, and winning. Because that's what it was about, right, Al? Winning. Yes. All yeah, comes you, down to winning. Right. You yelled at us. You say, you guys are going to lose this game just like you lost the Seaview game. <laughs> well, that was because we had Dimitri at third base. He was a mess. Yeah, that was not good. And plus... That was totally his fault. Yeah, he was like that. He's like you know, Wink Martindale losing the game for the Giants. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I also pulled my quad that game through the ball into left field. I had a little hand in that as well. I have to admit. Uh, all right. Well, you have a whole hand in just disbanding the entire team. Well, well, COVID did, and yes, I will take that uh, as a victory for me, as I made many people happy that that team went away and those responsibilities went away during. Made the week. many people unhappy too. Yeah, you and Vicky. That was it. <laughs> Everybody no, else I, 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 I get asked for by the guys all the time. So you guys can play. I get, okay. You guys go ahead and play. We were on a bench anyway. <laughs> it's Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Boomer and Geo. On the fan, soon to be CBS Sports Network after they get out of the field hockey post game on this snowy Tuesday morning in New York. Boomer's complaining about loose ends. He's on the phone yelling at people. I mean, this is just, uh, it's turned south now. Everything you know what? Is turned I, I, south. Well, listen, I made a nice order for breakfast. I'm not going to uh, out the place that I ordered from, but I like ordering from there. They forgot one part of the order, and that's a little bit of annoying. So that's. And they'll make good. And they are going to try to make good, but... Trying to make Well, good? they will, but the problem is it's... You're eating now. Right. I'm eating now, and then part of the thing is not here, and, you know, it's loose ends. Again, loose ends. Loose ends. A lot of loose ends. Uh, all right, Jerry, what's going on over there, man? We are brought to you by Jackpocket. Order official state lottery games on your phone. I heard you mention the, uh, the Jason Kelsey retirement, apparently told his teammates... And certainly the video, too, from last night, it looked like he was someone who was emotional uh, as the Eagles lose to the Bucks 32-9. to So I bring you back to a couple of uh, oldies but goodies, as they say. This was uh, after the Eagles won the Super Bowl, and, and he talked to the fans out in front of the Rocky statue, and it was all good, talking about uh, the, the reputation that Philly has. Everybody wonders why we're so mean. Everybody wonders why the Philadelphia Eagles aren't the nicest fans. If I don't eat breakfast, I'm... Pistol. <laughs> so that was one, and then the other good one uh, was uh, we weren't given much of a chance, and yet here we are. No one wanted us. <laughs> no one liked this team. No analysts liked this team to win the Super Bowl, and nobody likes our fans. And you know what? You know what I gotta say to all those people that doubted us, to all those people that counted us out, and to everybody who said that we couldn't get it done. Fuck you. <laughs> And I then do remember on this. to the podcast world. <laughs> yeah, that, that was on live yes. TV. Too. By the way, you know his uh, his offensive coordinator was Frank Reich. I was pulling for them. That's <laughs> right. Yes. Yep. And then he went and got. God, that was crazy. Everything that happened after that, right? There was the Josh McDaniels Colts thing. Yes. Frank went there, and oh, around God. and around we go. Around and around and around. Uh, the legal the Eagles wound up losing thirty two to nine. They had uh, a lot of protection problems on this night. Third down. Six dropping Hurts, dropping Hurts, Hurts is in press, trouble, in trouble in his own end zone. He's going to be sacked for a safety. 
Anthony Nelson did not give up and racked up Jalen Hurts for a safety. Gene Deckerhoff on oh, Bucks <laughs> Radio, yes. Uh, the Eagles looked off, there's no doubt. They didn't finish the season well, and it was noted by Troy Aikman as the uh, the clock was winding down. We've been watching that for six or seven weeks. It's It's been continuous. You know, it's a, it's a defeated team, and they were when they came in. A defeated team. And we yeah. welcome CBS Sports Network, and those of you who are viewing, hope you enjoyed the field hockey victory over New Zealand. New Zealand. Go USA! Oh, we've been yes. uh, we've been here talking sports in six o'clock, and uh, we'll take you right up until ten. Sorry, Jerry. All good. And so there was a lot of back and forth with the Eagles. At one point, you had Dallas Goddard. I don't want to say it looked like he was yelling at Jalen Hurts, but they certainly were having some sort of disagreement on the bench. You also had um, guys looking a little down, if you will. Well, Lane Johnson says you can't do that. You can never show negative emotions. A little bit on the longer side of the clip. No sulking after bad plays. You go up and you go up to the line of scrimmage like nothing happened, like a robot. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think something that's uh, needs to be addressed. You know, if things concerning next season, you don't want to give your opponents anything. I mean, they see this on film. It, it, you know, um, sulking, bad body, all this stuff. You, know, you can't give your opponents anything. Well, yeah, all right, so here's the thing. It's funny. That's a player talking about body language yeah. and all this other stuff. When analysts talk about it, everybody gets crazed when you're talking about it. But it obviously is a real thing. And I think what he's talking about is his quarterback. Now, which is amazing to me because when Jalen got there and he got the job, remember he was a second-round draft choice. They gave him the job, and he was busting his ass. He was running all over the place. He was competitive. That's not the Jalen that that we've seen the last month of the season. Now, it could be injuries. It could be we could find out that he's going to have surgery on his knee or something like that. I'm not really sure. But there is something completely off about him. And it's been like that for six weeks now. And I I think the players are, that's what they're alluding to. Yeah. And he just had the finger injury last week. He was dealing with other injuries prior to that. But, yeah, I mean, that uh, head coach and quarterback, man. So it's interesting you bring that up, the head coach and the quarterback. So this was another, I wasn't going to play it, but since you guys mentioned it, another one from Seth Joyner uh, with Mike Missinelli on this Eagles show down in Philly talking about how uninspired Jalen Hurts looked Mm. last night. And if Nick Sirianni can't get him to be inspired, then maybe... When your quarterback checked out with all the meeting that you do during the week with your offensive coordinator and the head coach and the quarterback coach and everybody else that's involved, if you couldn't get him going, you're not the man for this job. And then there was one more. They just paid that man a quarter of a billion dollars. Do you think... That if he doesn't want, if he doesn't believe in Nick Sirianni as the head coach, as the guy that can develop him and take him to the next level, do you think he's going to be here much longer? I would say to you, hell no. Wow. Gone. That's Seth, man. Yeah. That is Seth to a T. Very direct. Yes. Very direct. Um, On the other side of things. Does that mean another job is open? I don't know because I thought I saw, I, I forget who it was. I thought it was Schefter, maybe not. I thought someone said regardless of. How the game went last night? That Sirianni was coming back, but maybe not. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't. There were a lot of rumblings this week. Do exit interviews and all that other stuff with the players, and who knows? Has there ever been a coach that took a team to a Super Bowl, won a championship, conference championship, and then the next season got fired? What did Doug Peterson get? Two more after the Super yes. Bowl? I don't know. That's. I mean, Peterson won it. Obviously, Sirianni did not. 
Right, but took him to a Super Bowl and one year later could be gone. Well, it just also shows you that the owner's not going to mess around and neither is the GM. Oh, obviously and not. Howie Roseman's not going to mess around at all. Al said Jimmy Johnson, but he left more so than he wasn't fired. Yeah. I mean, obviously there was issues with him and Jerry Jones. Right. We know the whole story. So but the big question is, like, it's like the Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh story right now. Does Mike Tomlin feel like... Because they haven't won playoff games that he's truly appreciated by the ownership of the of the Steelers. You know, I just wonder how he thinks, how he is viewed, and would he be viewed somewhere else, you know, a, a bit differently and for a lot more money. I think if another team got, I know what Steeler fans think of Tomlin in a lot of cases. They've had enough of him. I think any other team gets him. I think the fan base is excited to get him. No, of course. Is there any fan base other than the last fan base standing that is happy with their coaches? Yeah. I mean, I think like D'Amico Ryan's, regardless of what happens in the Ravens game, is going to be it's a good one. They're going to love him. All right. How about Zach Taylor? I love Zach Taylor. I think he and Joe Burrow together are great. You know, there's, you know, they when Joe Burrow gets hurt and they lose, although this year with Jake Browning, it showed that he can actually win with a backup quarterback. I think Sean McVay, you know, to get that Kyle team. Shanahan. They weren't, yeah, but I mean, Shanahan's got, they got to win the Super Bowl this year. Have to. If Dan Campbell loses the championship game. Yeah, they'd, they'd still love him. They can't lose this week, though, to the box. No. That, would that be, they can't do. That would be miserable. What about Todd Bowles? I think they're happy with him to Without a certain degree. Mike McDaniel, they're still happy with him? No, I don't think so, Mm-mm. actually. I don't, think, I don't so. think so either. And that is a shame to say because I absolutely love the guy, but I think they... Oh, he's when, going when, anywhere, though. When did this happen? I mean, you saw them completely fall apart, right? I mean, they were playing in, you know... I mean, they got but hurt. But prior to that, How too. many injuries did they have, Eddie? Oh, uh, that doesn't mean the... Like o- yeah, but the offense... Seven or eight starters. Yeah, on defense... But and I understand that Waddle and Most are out a couple of games there, but and, at the same and, time, and Waddle and they had some old line issues, right? And I actually thought their defense played valiant, are valiantly. Are injury excuses now? City. <laughs> yeah, no excuses. Yeah, don't look at me. You're a next man up guy. I'm always the next. No, man I, up I'm guy. leaning on the excuses, hundred percent. I don't think they should fire him. I think they should keep him. I, don't I love think the he's guy. going anywhere. I just think that the fan base like was like, well, "How the hell yes. did this happen?" We right. were riding which, high. Which, which disintegration was worse, the Dolphins or the Eagles? Eagles. I think the Eagles were. But I also go back to the Dolphins. One specific game, the Titan game, where they were up by 13 and ended up losing. They Would have. Would they have clinched the two seed if they won that game? I think, no. No, they still had to beat the Ravens. Yeah. Okay. But they would have won the division. Yes. Got it. And they would then have, they have been home. home and they would not have had yes. to have gone to Kansas City. Big difference. Big difference for that team, yes. All right, since you were talking about Tomlin, uh, here he is. The uh, The Bills beat the Steelers 31-17. He says, yeah, we might have played hard, but still not enough. You know, I appreciate the efforts of our guys in there. I just told them that, um, but efforts don't get it done. No, they don't. Uh, Cam Hayward, uh, now we'll do Mason Rudolph first, talks about the way Buffalo played defensively. We knew they were, they were a tough, tough defensive front, and it uh, wasn't going to be an easy job, but... Like I said, when you're hitting some more balls on the outside, like I, like I and we weren't, um, it makes it a little more easier to keep them off balance. Now, on the other side of things, we've played this Josh Allen touchdown run from a couple of different uh, places. This one is Westwood 1. This is Tom McCarthy as he's rumbling and bumbling for a score. Allen takes the snap. Now he'll keep it himself, running to his left. He runs up inside the numbers, gets to the 40, cuts to his left to the 30. 25-20, big man inside the 15. Sidelines inside the 5, touchdown, Bill. 
Just went right through the guy. Josh Allen, a 52-yard scamper. Mm, yeah, that was part of the win. Put him up 21 to nothing, and they would win 31-17. Dalton Kincaid, Dawson Knox, and Khalil Shakir with touchdown catches for the Bills who do advance. So here is your lineup for the weekend. On Saturday, Ravens-Texans from Baltimore. Then in Santa Clara Saturday night, you've got the Niners and the Packers. The Bucks will be at Ford Field at 3 o'clock Sunday. Bills and Chiefs from Orchard Park, 6.30 p.m. Bill Belichick did meet with the Falcons. Jim Harbaugh interviewed with the Chargers. Do we know if that was an in-person meeting with Bill or a Zoom no, meeting? I believe it I was in know. person. It I was? believe it was. Now, let me ask you a question. Bill Belichick comes sitting into your office and you're Arthur Blank. I mean, like, what are you interviewing? Are you just saying, you know, how much? I think I put a check on the table and say, fill it out. <clears throat> There's things you got to know, though. Uh, what's the deal with the GM? Who what's can you work with? with you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> you work with Rich McKay, the CEO. Like there's there are questions. You're not interviewing him. Like oh, I wonder if this guy can coach. But you need to know about what he plans to do I and who he can like work with. Belichick interviews them as much as they interview him. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, like, do you think got way more questions. Do you think there's any interview Belichick, Harbaugh, or Vrabel go into where they don't think the job is theirs? Meaning like. Belichick can't go to an interview thinking I'm interviewing for the job. I'm kind of interviewing to see if I want the job. I mean, but if you're going in for an interview, you got to be respectful. You got to oh, sit down that. with the owner and you got to recognize that it's his team. And, you know, if you want to get back into coaching, like obviously he does, then you got to try to impress the coach or the owner that you can recreate what you did in New England. Fair enough. I uh, think it's also different, too, with Harbaugh because Harbaugh is a. He's a wacky kind of guy, you know, so I don't think he walks in anywhere and everybody's just handing him the keys. I mean, I think he's got a mesh. His personality's got a mesh with the people that are there. That one, I think, is different than Vrabel and Belichick. Fair enough. In Dallas, one more from Jordan Lewis, the Cowboys' um, soon-to-be free agent defensive back. He was with the media on his way out the door yesterday. He was asked the question, do you think Mike McCarthy should be back as head coach next year? Look what happened when he wasn't here. I mean, we were we were struggling to be over 500. I mean, he had three three straight seasons of 12 wins. Yeah, I mean, I, I would hope so. I would hope so, is what he said there at the end. So we shall see. I imagine, what do you think, today, right? You should it was amazing. Decision. Do you remember when the Jets wanted Mike? I had a lot of Jet fans wanted Mike McCarthy. Yep. Right? Yeah. And look what he's done in Dallas. It's been great. Uh, it hasn't gotten over the hump, no question about it. So all Dallas fans are pissed off. So somebody has to feel the wrath. Him yeah, and, I mean, and this, was, this was, this you was, were embarrassed. A, you were a 10 point favor, weren't you? Something seven, like that? Yes. Yeah, it was a touchdown favorite. You got your asses kicked in your building. And, and they what, looked unprepared. Yeah, but what was the defense doing? Right. Well, that's part of it. Right. Dan Quinn's defense missing, looked they, unprepared. They, see, but the problem is they were missing Leighton Van Der Esch. They didn't really have a middle linebacker. Yeah, they, they were playing a lot of times with six DBs on the field, and they got the ball running right down their throat. Well, Leighton Van Der Esch got hurt in October. <clears throat> I know, but they were unable to replace him it was kind of like the way the bills lost matt milano and they but, had to just they had to finally stabilize the defense in some way shape or form and for for the most part they did that as long as josh wasn't turning the ball over they were going to win because they were good enough on offense no argument on any, any of that what's the answer for guys running free like they were on the field themselves numerous times Blown coverages, baby. Well, Blown and that's coverages. on the that's on the coaches. That though. is on the well. Of course, it's on the defense coordinator. And you know what? Maybe Matt Lafleur just had the perfect game plan, and they executed it almost flawlessly. And Jordan Love had the best game of his career. Maybe. 
Knicks beat the Magic. He did. Knicks beat the Magic 98-94. Pablo Boncaro had 20 points. Nets fell to the Heat 96-95. What else? You got same. Oh, uh, St. John's Seton Hall at the Prudential Center coming up later tonight. UConn for the first time, I think, in 15 years. The number one team in the country. The Bruins shut out the Devils 3-zip. Wild over the Islanders 5-0. Isles and Jets tonight in Winnipeg. And the Rangers are home for Seattle. Danny Hurley's birthday today, too, by the way. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yes. Boomer and Geo coming to you live for the Build Ford Tough Studio. Hi, Boomer and Geo on the fan in CBS Sports Network. I thought of Al yesterday when I saw this story of Hulk Hogan rescuing a teenage girl out of a car that flipped over. Now, the reason why I thought of Al was for a couple of reasons. One, he's a wrestling guy. And I could just imagine, like, if you're flipped over in a car and the first person you see helping you is Hulk Hogan. (laughs) You would have thought you were dead, I think. You'd be like, I I died. Like, this is not happening. This is Hulk Hogan that is pulling me out of this car. But the real reason I thought of Al was because Hulk Hogan's wife went to X to make sure everybody knew that Hulk Hogan had done this. So I feel like if Al had rescued a teenage girl in a car that had flipped over and punched the airbags and pulled her out of the window, that he would have had his girlfriend Gina tweet out, man, what an amazing man that I am with who helped this teenage girl in this flipped-over car. And just amazing stuff. As she she put out there on X, she goes, Last night we left dinner in Tampa. We saw a car flip in front of us. I truly admire my husband, at Hulk Hogan, and our good buddy Jake Rask for springing into action, puncturing the girl's airbag, and getting her quickly out of the car. You would definitely want credit for that if nobody saw that it was you, right? Absolutely. In fact, about... Three or four weeks ago, I found a credit card while walking whimsy, but I found it in Gina's town, and she knew someone who knew the person. Okay. So she texts the person, I, fa- I found your credit card. I said, eh, I actually found the credit card. You know what I mean? Like, Come on. You didn't find the credit card? Yeah. Give me a little credit, some credit yeah. here. Yeah, you found it. You could have done anything with it. You could have gone on a shopping spree yeah. or sold it to a criminal or something. Yeah. But no, you did not. I did not. But yeah, the Hulk Hogan thing, I would definitely, if I helped somebody out of a accident. No, I could funny. see you doing a selfie video. Right. Here so I am. Hey, here I am. <laughs> just help this young woman out of this car. And I just wanna, want you to know that it's always nice to do something good for somebody else and, and to be a hero when you need to be. Yeah, what's funny, too, is he um, just came from dinner, as you said in the story. He's wearing an NWO t-shirt. <laughs> Which means he went to dinner in an NWO t-shirt. <laughs> That's I mean, great. I'm sorry. If I am in a horrible car accident and I rolled over and in Hulk Hogan in an NWO t-shirt rips me out of the car, I would have been like, all right, this is what death is. I'm in the afterlife now. There's no way this is happening. You know, I will say that we know that you would make a big deal out of it, Al, only because of what happened with the dogs that were fighting yeah. and you called 911. I would have called 911 and then looked to see if I could help. You know what? Back to like taking credit for things. It reminds me of this this thing in that uh, documentary I was telling you about, Chowchilla. So the fourteen year old kid is the one who digs him out of this underground box that they're in. All right, okay. he was on the bus. He went up there, dug him out, pushed the thing up, did everything. But when they got out, everybody assumed it was the bus driver who was like fifty years old. 
and the bus driver never said it wasn't him that did it and took the credit. And that kid was like devastated, absolutely devastated that they gave a parade for the bus driver and everything. And he was like, but like he didn't want to say anything because he just felt awkward and he was still a young man and wasn't like, hey, I'm the one who saved us. He was like, it wasn't about that. It was about us getting out and being alive. But now he is saying it in the documentary. Yes. And yeah. there's one of the other children that, that is the bus is the bus driver still. alive? No, no, no. He was older and has passed away okay. since. But and there was one guy, younger kid who was on the bus that met with him and said, you are my hero. You're the guy who did it. And I've told everybody that I can that it was you. And that made him feel better. But. Yeah, I totally screwed him up. He's like, I want credit for this, man. I got us out, not him. How big was the parade? I mean, it was big. It was huge. It was a huge news story. I mean, it was like, it, it and, looked and, and like the, a, like a um, you know, when a team, a, a high school football team wins a championship, yes, might have a parade yeah, yep. in their small town. That's sort of what it was like. And the bus driver took credit for being the hero. Well, all right. They, the media assumed that it was but he's got to step the up the bus say, driver no, and he me. never denied that he never was like no it wasn't me he was just like oh yeah i mean he helped a little bit but it was this kid who squeezed up into this this small box and dug out he was the without him because the bus driver couldn't fit in there without that 14 year old kid who knows there might still be down and it might be dead and the bus driver was like yeah you know thank you appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> thanks wave at everybody yeah, wow and that really screwed that kid up yeah, I mean, I understand. Like, what, you think it says on his headstone, hero? <laughs> I don't know. I think you'd have to redo the, the headstone and the whole thing. Yeah, maybe. Depending on what it says on there. I mean, listen, he did help in the sense of, like, keeping the kids calm. And he was helping with ideas to try to get out. But there was he would not have been able to do what the 14-year-old kid did. And did, he was did the he one. Advi- well, we don't know. We don't know if he advised the fourteen-year-old. Well, kid no, they were working can... together. The two yeah, of them yeah, were working okay, together. Okay. But like they, the everybody, nobody mentioned so the fourteen-year-old. The parade year old. should have been for both of them. Yeah, nobody, oh, that's, nobody that's... mentioned the fourteen-year-old. It was all the bus driver that got him out. And how Meet is your neighborhood hero, Al Dukes? <laughs> See, exactly. Al Dukes. Al Dukes. Al Dukes. Uh, <laughs> and he wanted to tell News Twelve New Jersey all about it. And he wanted to. T- that's right. You did contact them, did you not? No, no. Uh, the woman who was the reporter, her dad's a listener to the show, and oh. said to her, "This could be a big story because I was on the air wanting to be a hero." <laughs> <laughs> CBS Sports Network now is showing it. Yep. Oh, that was hilarious. Oh, that was so good. You know, it's funny for I I I forgot that you weren't wearing glasses for many years. That I was working with you. Now I'm so used to you with the glasses now. And when I yeah. see this, I'm like, you look like a totally different person. Uh, there's Al Dukes on NJ tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's this guy. Remember him? <laughs> that was the guy with the dogs. Right? No, no. That was the guy who was also watching, right? He came He came running out and actually got involved and helped. That's right. You didn't. They're a local didn't. heroes. Oh, yeah. WFAN producer and Madawan resident Al Dukes calls himself the latter. <laughs> if they had a parade, they said he wanted a key to the city, an Al Dukes day in Matawan, and to be hailed a hero specifically here on News 12 New Jersey. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Good for that reporter for for, for understanding yeah. and, and playing along in that way. They did an amazing job with that. 
and Geo coming to you live from the Bill Ford Talk Studio on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. Two more games that didn't feel all that competitive yesterday. The Bills move on. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers move on. We wait to see if the Cowboys and the Eagles fire their coaches after really, really disappointing playoff losses. We've got divisional playoff weekend set. The headliner, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs going to Buffalo to take on the Bills. That will be the last game of the weekend, Sunday, CBS, 6 o'clock. So that's going to be a huge one, of course. And locally, we've got what appears to be Wink Martindale and or Wink Martindale's minions going to Pat Leonard to talk of the Daily News who put out this uh, piece. And I'm not uh, saying knocking Pat Leonard at all. He's doing good reporting here. But it seems like Pat Leonard got the the Wink Martindale faction to try to take down Brian Dayball here uh, with this uh, report where Brian Dayball can't handle himself on the sidelines. He says inappropriate things. He doesn't have solutions. He just criticizes Wink Martindale couldn't deal with it, went to John Mara about it. He's so much so they thought this was a problem that Joe Shane got on the headset to hear how Brian Dable was handling things. And this now has become a story. I think it's silly. I think that, that Brian Dable and Wick Martindale didn't say eye to eye. They are two beefcake football coaches. And the way that this ended, you know, Brian Dable's taken the high road. Wink Martindale has not. Wink Martindale has seems to have given a lot of people a lot of stuff, or the people that on the staff that were Wink Martindale guys have given a lot of reporters a lot of stuff to try to take down Brian Dable. I think it's ridiculous. I love Brian Dable's intensity, and I think he's a very good coach. Yeah, well, the thing is, is Brian Dable has a job. Wink Martindale doesn't. And normally when coaches do go out the door, they don't blowtorch uh, the guy that hired him in the first place, unless there are significant issues, and there obviously were here. But if I'm, you know... How does how does John Mara, you know, think about this? And especially with Bill Belichick being available, you know, is this like all of a sudden now I, I got to get Bill Belichick in here to calm these things down? I mean, this is how you never know how the owner reacts to things, mm. and this is a very public, ugly spat. And we knew about it in the middle of the season, and Brian did take the high road back then because he said they were fighting over pizza slices. If you remember. Yeah, of course. And it, w- it was more than that, obviously. And it's, uh, I think all the stuff in there is accurate. I just think it's dirty laundry. And I do think it comes from Wink Martindale. And that sucks. You know, if you don't get along with the guy, you don't like to work with the guy, then go in there and tell him, I think it's time that we split up. I don't want to work under these conditions. I can't handle it. You know, maybe that's what he did with John Harbaugh. Maybe John Harbaugh was tough on him. And by the way, you know, we were talking about the quarterbacks in the division round. Look at the coaches. You know, you got three, Sean McDermott, Andy Reid, and John Harbaugh. They're all winning coaches. They all seem to be relatively older school type coaches that are tough coaches, expect and demand accountability from their players and their coaching staff. Yeah, and in the Paul Schwartz article with Brian Dable, Wink Martindale, and why Wink left, he talked about the Jay Glazer report in the middle of the season that led to that famous we fight over the last slice of pizza thing. Brian Dayball went to the defensive staff and said, what's going on here? If anybody has a problem, let's talk it out now. Or who's the leak? Yeah, and nobody spoke up. He tried to address it. I don't know if Wink and Brian Dayball had a conversation about his game day headset stuff that he seemed to have a huge problem with, or Wink Martindale just went straight to John Mara about it. I don't know, but if he did just go straight to John Mara about it, 
that's a reason for Brian Dable to never trust the guy for the rest of time. So, but it also shows you that Brian Dable was an assistant coach for a long time, and he knows how the game works, and he knows what's going on out there. And I'm sure he has a relationship in some way, shape, or form with Jake Glazer as well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so he knows that if Jake Glazer is reporting something, Jay is getting it from inside the building. Remember Aaron Rodgers said that the Jets need to tighten up the building? Yes, which is hilarious. Exactly. It's hilarious. This is exactly what the Giants need to do. And it was interesting because... I feel I was, like they did, though. But you know, like they tightened up the building by getting rid of Wink and his, his minions. They don't, But now they're going to have to deal with the shrapnel. Right. Of course. Which is everybody, you know... It's a blowtorching. Blowtorch spot. Yes. Blowtorch spot if I've ever seen it. <laughs> yes. Um, but I, I I am not alarmed by this. If I'm a Giants fan, I don't think that Brian Dable now isn't the guy to lead my team into the future. But did you hear what I just said about Belichick being available? Yeah, I know. I, I don't know, man. You really think you that are, John Mara is going to do that? You want to take that with a grain of salt, too? No, no, no. Okay, I was just I never, I never took anything with a grain of salt. Don't put that on me. I know that. I know. That was one. That was that Jet Press writer, man. Okay, I'm not a. I'm, I'm with you. I don't know. Like this is all coming at a weird time, and Bill Belichick's out there interviewing with the Falcons. He wants the coach. Ah, uh, loves the Giants. I mean, that means that you're getting rid of Joe Shane too. I, they're not doing that. I don't know, man. I don't, who knows? I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering aloud. Can I do that? Am I allowed to do that? Of course you can. And I'm allowed I mean, to say here, that I don't think it's going to happen. We here, we, we come in here to have a conversation, right? Mm-hmm. We like to have a nice conversation. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just having a conversation. But sometimes you drop like things where you know something. <clears throat> I'm just having a conversation. Ah, green assault spot. Let's go to Diane and Cranford. Hi, Diane. Good morning. Hi, guys. Good morning. How are you doing? Great, Great What's happening? Very well. Well, just hanging out, watching the snow. Oh. <laughs> Not worried about traffic. So, and us, by yeah, the way. listening to you guys. <laughs> yes, good. So I just have two things. First of all, um, regarding the whole streaming thing. Yep. For the game this past Saturday. Yep. I listened to the whole thing on the radio. Kevin Harlan was calling the game. It was awesome. I, you know, I could visualize the whole thing. So, you know, I don't need streaming. It's just another thing. It's like, ugh. You well, know. you can get rid of cable and start streaming, or you can have cable and stream as well. You could do both. I could do both, but it's like, you know, I don't want to complicate my life anymore. But I will say this, and you're right about complications, because somebody over at Peacock has got to stop with the goddamn emails. <laughs> I have got at least 50 emails from Peacock man. already. Unsubscribe. Oh, my God. It's just annoying. <laughs> yeah, hit that unsubscribe button. That's for sure. Oh. And secondly, Gio, yeah. I do remember that bus kidnapping. You do? Okay. Back at Chow Chill in 1976. Do you remember it being a huge national story? Yes. I was 21 at the time, too. I just turned 21. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I totally remember that and just feeling for those kids and, you know, the parents and all the interviews. Of course, it wasn't as sensationalized as today because of all the, um, you know, the Internet. Right. All of that stuff, all the news 24-7. But back then, for the technology at the time, yeah, it was huge. And, um, you know, 
the news outlets were talking about it. Uh, they had live feeds at, you know, out there in California and updates. And so, yeah, it was big. And we were all just so thankful that they all got, you know, that they yep. rescued themselves. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I recommend, highly recommend the documentary on Max, especially if you do remember the story. And what's crazy is the guy who led this kidnapping was the son of a really wealthy man. Yeah, it had a hundred million dollar trust fund. What kind of dumbass thinks that he can kidnap a bus full of kids, drive them on the ground and think that somebody's going to pay Five million dollars to get those kids out of there. This guy and and without the thing, getting caught, right? And the and the crazy part about it was this guy had a, a hundred million dollar trust fund set up for him by his wow. father. He didn't even need the money. He just was obsessed with getting his own money, I guess, in a in a quick way. And this is the scheme he came up with because he was obviously not right mm-hmm. in the head, and he had two friends, you know, join him. Craziness, uh, Nick in Staten Island. What's going on, Nick? Hey, Gio, how you doing? How is it going, Boomer? All right, Nikki, what's happening, buddy? I wanted to ask Gio, with all the coaching vacancies now, where he thinks Brian Dayball is going to end up. (laughs) (laughs) Stop! No, I don't don't think that's going to happen. I mean, I know when you drop your crumbs, you drop your crumbs, but I would be be a massive... Of all the craziness that has gone on in this tiring cycle, that would be... Nobody wants a dysfunctional building. Yeah, but I mean... Just remember that. By the way, speaking of crumbs, Vinny in Long Island. Vinny, what's happening? Boomer, Gio, good morning. What's up, Vinny? You guys. I I have to tell you, I'm I'm in Denver right now on a work trip. And, you know, missing home, missing my kids. And I walk down to the breakfast buffet... At the, at the Marriott where I'm staying, and you guys were on the TV, and I was like, hey, this is like a piece of home following me on the road. So <laughs> just wanted to thank you guys. Are you right at the buffet at the Marriott? That's are, awesome. are, you still, are you still there at the buffet at the Marriott? No, no, I went back to my room. Oh, okay. I was going to uh, say, like, I, I would, if someone was around you, we'd, like, like do a dance for you or something, and, and then, like, you could just, like, act like you're predicting the future on the television and mess with everybody. Um, but you're not around anybody now, so that's that's unfortunate. But I'm glad that we were able to give you a slice of home this morning. Yeah, and, and Gio, I met you a couple months ago at uh, out on Long Island at Beth Page at the uh, at the liquor store. I came in with my four kids. You signed a piece of paper for my son. Yes, and I have to tell you. Yeah, he he has that thing framed in his room, and he he doesn't stop talking about it. <laughs> Every Friday, I drive him to school. Uh, I live in Farmingdale. Uh, my kids live in Bellport, so every Friday we we take that drive, and uh, you know we listen to you uh, every Friday, and he does not let it go with with that autograph. So. Oh, that is awesome! That's By awesome, the man. way, does he know that uh, Joe's now being inducted into the Suffolk County Hall of Fame? <laughs> he, he does. Oh, yeah, that's we, awesome. we talked about that. Yeah, and uh, you know, and and Gio, one other thing yeah. too, you. Uh, you you know my buddy. You went to his golf studio a few weeks ago. Uh, my, Jimmy my Hazen. Jimmy. Yeah, yep. yeah. He was he was the best man at my wedding. He's a he's a good guy. And he actually called me and he said, "Oh, great, great Giannotti. I think he I think he's coming to my studio tomorrow." And I was like, and he said, "Yeah, I, I you know, and I I know you live near where the studio is. So uh, a couple weird connections there, but." 
really great to talk to you guys. Well, morning. same here, Vinny, and I yeah. appreciate all that, honestly. That makes me uh, feel great that your son uh, cares that much, and I do remember meeting you guys and talking about Bellport and everything else. Do you think that that's a Marriott thing, like, you know, that comes down from corporate, that Boomer and Geo have to be on at all the buffets? No, I think that somebody was into field hockey and forgot to change the channel. That's what I think. Oh, I thought it was going to be corporate, Marriott corporate, you know? No, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. No. How many TVs do you think there were? In the buffet? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe three. I could see three TVs in my head. Two, Max, not three. I don't know. I mean, if it's a nice Marriott, it's, it's a, a big Den- room. Denver Marriott's probably got to be a big room. Yeah, it's, it's a be, big room. It's got to be big. I mean, someone found a way to bet on that field hockey game. You know, without a doubt. So you still think that it was field hockey first, Boomer and Geo second? Well, that's what Geo said. That's I, what I, I feel. Like. I like his theory. I, yeah. I don't. I don't agree with that. Well, what was on CBS Sports Network last night that could have carried over? Because remember, it's very, very early in the morning. Well, they had a lot of college basketball on yesterday, so I'm not sure. What if it was like a uh, college basketball team that was local to Colorado? Could have been that. Stop discounting us <laughs> like that. Don't don't do that. How many times have I told you not to do that? I'm just saying there could be another reason other than people in Denver and the Marriott Denver love the show. It could be another reason, right? Yeah, you know, I've traveled to certain hotels where they don't carry CBS Sports Network for whatever reason. Yeah. But then when I go down at the gym to work out or something, it's up there on, on the TV. Which is awesome. Which is absolutely great. Yeah. When I was in Alaska, I went into the town, not where the tourists go, and this little tiny breakfast spot, and CBS Sports Network was the only thing on in the place. Jim Rome was on at the time. Okay. <laughs> it was wild. I was like, Did you tell them who you were? No, they had no idea. You know, that's really oh, yeah, middle of Alaska. Hero from Bradley Beach. Perhaps you see me on your television set. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you want, went on that Alaska trip is, like, mind-blowing. Yeah. I mean, knowing... Did you have a good time? I did. It was awesome. Yes. You going to plan on doing something like that in the future? Uh, yes. Any more traveling coming up? For yeah, you? maybe. I like to go back to Italy. Oh, you going to go back to Italy? Yeah, I think that was that was nice. They have nice food there. I'm into the food now, you know. Yeah, of course. Healthier food there in uh, Italy. There are, without a doubt. I mean, they they can eat pastas and different things and not get tremendously fat. Mm-hmm. No Make seed oils there. It's ingredients and it's portion sizes and stuff like that. We're here. We're you know pounding ziti and stuff, and just it's like sauce and ricotta coming out of our nostrils. <laughs> Let's go to uh, Robert on Long Island. What's going on, Robert? Good morning, Gio. Good morning. Good, Good morning, morning, Robert. What's happening, Robert? Please, uh, when you leave, drive safe and get home nice and safe, nice and warm. Thank you. Yes, if absolutely. If I was Brian Dable, this is what I would do with Wink, not only Wink, but all my coaches. I would encourage them to always give me constructive criticism because I'm not perfect. And I would want them to do that. However, once a decision is made, I expect loyalty. You could only have only have one boss. And if we're all not pulling the rope the same way, we're going to have trouble. And unless it was a crime, he should never go to the ownership on Brian Dable. With that being said, Boomer and Geo, and even Al and Jerry, even though he's not at his desk there, who would you like to be the new defensive coordinator for the New York football Giants? 
if they don't hire Antonio Pierce in Vegas, Antonio Pierce would be the answer. Oh, after that, be great. That would be great. After that, I'm I'm not so sure. I mean, I know Leslie Frazier is out there. He worked with Brian Dable. He was a head coach, obviously, before that with the Minnesota Vikings. You could do worse than Leslie Frazier, even though he's got that horrible blown game on his resume from a couple years ago with the Bills and the Chiefs. Those are two names to to keep an eye on. You know, it's amazing. You got all of this stuff going on in the NFL right now. You got the, this whole giant mess that's out there for everybody to read and see. And we can all take sides. I think we're all on the side of Brian Dable here anyway. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> You're John Mara. There's one time you have a chance to get Bill Belichick. One time. And this is it. This was the original get him here. That's right. Get him here makes a ton of sense. Yes. BB to NYG. That was the CMB rallying cry. Remember that? That was the original. So they we made fun of him for that whole thing, obviously. But uh, but get him here makes a ton of sense. BB to NYG. Hashtag, let's get it trending. <laughs> From CMB. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. That was the original get him here makes a ton of sense. Makes a ton of sense. Makes a ton there of you sense. Go. Yes. Yeah, that was. <laughs> what a great memory, Al. Right. Very, very good. Uh, Chris in Brooklyn. What's going on, Chris? Hey, Boomer Geo. Good morning, fellas. Uh, happy Monday. You know, with all the snow over the weekend, Booms, I thought of you. Uh, how excited are you? And, and, and looking forward to seeing that photo of you shoveling from this morning. Well, uh, I'll tell you, I didn't photo shovel. Photo. I did not shovel this morning. Last week I was sick. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so I couldn't do it. So maybe I'll send something out today on Instagram. Would that make you feel better? Uh, that would be great, Booms. And, and uh, you know, I, I think just to show, you know, all that, that hard work and love you have for the snow, uh, I think that would be great. So thank you very much, Booms. Really all right, I was, I was thinking about making snow for it uh, winning today. So uh, I don't think you're going to get enough snow for that. And plus, yeah. there's some rain coming in. It's going to wash oh, it all away. Which, no, it's great. Are you kidding me? That's perfect. Natural. Get did it out of there. Did you see Buffalo on Sunday, man? Yeah, it looked like hell. Oh, God, that was unbelievable. <sighs> that wasn't really Buffalo. It's Orchard Park. Look at that. Look at those. Look at that stadium. Yeah, I know. It's my worst nightmare. Those fans are incredible. Yeah, they are. And 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 them living there is is I got a lot of questions for the people who decided to drop anchor in Buffalo, but well that's Orchard Park, so which which is in the line of that uh Lake Effect Snow. Yeah. And why are they building another stadium right next door to it? I have no idea. Because the governor's an idiot. <laughs> that's why. Well, her husband's involved in the hospitality industry, right? Yeah. There's always something. Is it going to be a roof on the new one? No. Excellent. Uh, I was told uh, yesterday that the uh, Mr. Pagula, the Pagula family who owns both the Sabres and the Bills, got all of this money from the state of New York and decided not to put any money in himself to put a dome on top of that. That's nice of him. Glad we can help out. Well, I mean, you know. Oh, Buffalo could add a Super Bowl. Oh. No. no, no, not enough no, no, hotels. No, no, no. No, no. Not even remotely close. All right, Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. There it is, a nice shot of the gray snow-covered city and the freezing temperatures. We are right in the thick of it. Mid-January. What's today? The 16th? New York City. And what did you do yesterday? What did I do yesterday? Yeah. 
Uh, I went to a uh, uh, my buddy who's the pro over at West Sable. He has a got he's got a golf simulator set up in his pro shop, and I worked on uh, fifty yards and in. Well, look at that. Yeah, it was great. You are. Doesn't have to do with the cold weather. I don't not understand. that I'm just saying, it's like not stopping you from doing what you want to do. Sure, it is. Oh, you're working on your game. And, <laughs> I mean, you're you're like insane, man. Yeah, well, trust me, I know. Well, there was a new sort of move that I was. Is that, is that the movie you're working on right there? Uh, kind of. I don't know. It looks so much worse when you see it on TV <laughs> than it is in your head. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah, there was a just a different type of shot. I got to get in the bag. You know what I'm saying? Different type of shot. You have a problem from about 60 yards in if there's something between you and the green, right? Yes. You you can't for some reason get it over the top of it. Or or I end up I overthink it and I duff it or it squirts off the side of the claw. You know, just, you're, you're the opposite of that leech spot guy, Wally. Because Wally will putt from 100 yards away. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. Like, mm. he can't chip from 100 yards away if there's something in between. If there's something in between him and the green, then he can. Yeah. When there isn't something in between him and the green, then he has to putt. That's odd. That's strange. Well, you know Wally. Yeah, I know. But I'm surprised he doesn't he doesn't work on it though. Like it's a Wally wedge. That's what we call a Wally the, wedge. The WW. Yeah. Um, he'll I, putt from a hundred yards off the green. <laughs> It's the, it's the weirdest thing you will ever see. I've seen and it. You, know what? you know what? I've and seen he, it from about 60. I've never seen it from he, 100. And, and he will put it within like five feet of the hole. Wow. That's incredible. Which is crazy. That is incredible. Uh, well, I guess he's good at it. He's good at it, right? That's his game. That's what works. Don't fix what's not broken. Yeah. Well, that's why I want to take this winter to really. I don't want to just not play for months and go back and have to get it all back. I want to really dial really in this work winter. And dial in. Dial it in this down. winter. Come out in the spring. And just it start uh, start playing Did well. You fly to Florida every Saturday morning. Yeah, Quick round, a little dinner, fly back. Jerry played this weekend. You know, I did. Played Saturday. I played. I played Friday. He played Saturday. And then yep. you were a lawyer. Oh, well, uh, Saturday was great. Saturday mm. was like fifty-seven degrees. It was yeah. windy, early, it was really windy. Yeah. As we made the turn, <laughs> it got gray and cold. Yeah, it's but a- it was fun. Yeah, man. Listen, you're playing golf in mid-January in the Northeast. You, you can't complain. And in really. three weeks. Every single day. There you go. <laughs> Every single day. <laughs> Hope they're ready for us. I'm not, I'm not wearing this Casamigo sweatshirt for nothing. Hey, by the way, that's your responsibility, not mine. I already, yeah, I know. I already, I'm already on it. I mean, I'm taking care of getting you guys there, making sure you're all set up. So. I'm already on it. Don't worry about it. Handle something. <laughs> know that place now is out there once in June. I know, like the back of my hand. All okay. the people in there, they remember me. We had a great time. Okay, we are good. Uh, all right, Jerry, what's going on, man? We are brought to you by Mercedes Benz of Morristown. What's going on is the Bucks advancing to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Motion across from David Moore from right to left. Shotgun snap to Mayfield. Sets, throws, right side, catch at midfield, breaking the tackles. That was Kevin Kugler, oh, Westwood Bucks. one, a 50. You know what's amazing is how many fast wide receivers there are in the league that you've never heard of. Yes, he was one. Like uh, the Buffalo Bills yesterday. I mean, you know, they have a couple of guys. I mean, you, you follow the team, you know them. But, <clears throat> sorry guys, my voice. But, it, you know, you don't have to uh, have a Devontae Adams on your team to be successful. It helps. <sighs> 
It certainly does, but well, I mean, the Packers. Really. I mean, the Packers basically. I think their leading receiver. He has like sixty-six catches. That's it. Yeah, Jordan Love spreads it around. Spread the wealth around, baby. Yeah, they spread it around on Sunday. That's for sure. Uh, that was Trey Palmer with the catch and run of fifty-six yards. The Bucks on their way to a thirty-two to nine win. Brian Baldinger, you know how he does those baldy breakdowns. Yes. Oof, he just started posting some from last night. Just absolutely ripping I the mean, Eagles. If you're an Eagle fan and you watch that, yeah. the lack of effort, tackling, and scheme is scary. Hmm. Like he's, he shows one. He go, he literally goes, what is this? <laughs> Where I guess it was Devontae Smith literally ran right into Dallas Goddard. Like almost looked like, I know it wasn't, but it looked like on purpose and then Jalen Hurts goes and rolls, and there's no one to throw the ball to because these two are all, it looked like a mess. And also, guys are releasing. The Bucks are coming free at Hurts. There's really... Does Spike care about this? Like, I know, I, don't I mean, know. you know how we're older now, and like, we're not, we don't take the losses as hard as we used to, but yet sometimes it gets to you. Like, yesterday, got it to got me. to you. Yeah, it got to me. Uh, last year with the Giants yeah. game, it got to me. Like, I wonder, I mean, is Spike in there stewing about this know. right now? I know he, he, he posted something uh, wishing Jason Kelsey... A congreno, like oh, a okay. well wishes. Well, where is Spike? Let me talk. He's to him. here. He is here. Yeah, I haven't he's seen here. him. No, Spike walked in a little before six. Oh, we haven't seen him. Five thirty. Talk to him. Five thirty was not here. 5:30. He was not here. At I'm 5:30. just. He was here when we walked out of the warm up show. Oh, okay. So I don't know if he got here five thirty right at six. I don't know, but he's so here what, so it was a heartfelt thank you to yeah. Jason Kelsey. Just a great guy, and you know whatever. This okay. was moments after they reported that he told his teammates he was retiring. Okay, but I, I think Kelsey know. did a spot for many years on WIP. As oh well. yeah, so that's probably it's probably a relationship there. But yeah, I don't know. I was just curious. I mean, is he like still have Maybe that crazy he... fan in him? Like you know, like BT's got the crazy fan. Evan's got the crazy fans. It's still Unkillable. dwell. It still dwell in Spike Esque. Spike sucks. I, I will tell you, he hasn't come out of his office all morning. Mm. Oh man! Ooh. I thought Maybe I saw is. Evan the other day. He's starting to look like Jesus. <laughs> I told you, Jesus, Ginger Jesus, <laughs> Ginger Jesus. Yes. Yeah, he looks a bit of a disaster, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. See, I think he looks better with the beard. He looks more mature. I wouldn't say better. I mean, he's got to trim the beard. Yeah. Is that allowed though? I thought he's just he's just not touching it until Pete Alonso signs an extension. Uh, I mean, he's going like uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, that's going to be like in Ugh. August for him. How hot that's oh. going to be, and how long, and just <laughs> getting caught in it. Uh, he's got bugs in there and everything. <laughs> it's disgusting. He's probably riding little... his bike to work and get bugs in there. And probably then... little hairs all over his kitchen counter and stuff, oh, yeah. too. And I saw he posted that the kids are off from school, which he thought was a joke because there's only a couple of inches of snow. He might have the frozen snot. Oh, yeah, it's snotsicles. Mm-hmm. He might. He might have it. He'll be out there with the kids, as you know. Um, here was Nick Sirianni. So that was quite the collapse. You guys started uh, winning 10 of 11, and look where you are now. Nowhere. We'll all have to look ourselves in the mirror and, and accept that and, uh, you know, just find, find answers, find solutions. Uh, but obviously, you know, when you start 10 and 1, um, you know, and then you and then you get into what what happened for us. Obviously, that the expectations were high. Jalen Hurts, as we know, um, had the finger injury, threw for 250 yards and a touchdown on the loss. He was asked about Sirianni's future. I didn't know he was going anywhere. Well, question about whether I know I didn't, I didn't know that. Nah. Where's, where's the confidence level in him then to, to fix this team? I have everybody. I have a ton of confidence in, um, in everyone in this building. All right, we'll see what they look like next season. Of course, the Kelsey news, if it's true, uh, that he told 
his teammate, he did leave without talking to the media, which I guess is very rare for him. Mm. said, not today, guys. Uh, Eagles lose 6 of 7 to end the year. And so the Bucks advance. They will play the Lions on Sunday at 3 p.m. The other game yesterday was the, the earlier game, the Bills and the Steelers. And here's another one of those receivers that maybe you don't think of. His name is Khalil Shakir, yep. who made one hell of a play to seal the deal. Five on the play clock here on second and nine. Takes the snap. Back to pass. Fires over the middle. Complete on a crossing route to Shakir, who gets away from the tackler. Down to the 10, looking for the end zone, and he's in! Khalil Shakir did a disappearing act on the tackler, reversed his field, and found the end zone. Unbelievable! Hell of a catch and run for the touchdown. Bills Radio with the call, 31-17. That put uh, Buffalo up by 14 points, and as we said, sealed it because the Steelers had gotten to within 24-17, but couldn't get a stop on that drive. Um, here was Josh Allen. He had a 52-yard touchdown run. He also threw for three scores. This is specifically on his run. They played man. Um, didn't have a great man call on. So I decided to try to find a lane and uh, got, I don't know, 15, 20 yards downfield. And, you know, there's the, the a lot of guys screaming slide and didn't slide. No, he didn't. Instead, he powered his way into the end zone for the score. Hell of a day for him. Uh, Mason Rudolph, 22 of 39, 229, couple of touchdowns and a pick. Um, we had Nick Sirianni being asked about his future. He answered the question. Mike Tomlin, when he was asked. Mike, you have a year left on your contract. And that sound is him leaving. Uh, George- Blow it out your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, George Pickens uh, did not find the officiating to be fair. Uh, he reacted this way after the game. Rush, rush, rush. That's the only thing that's really in my mind when it's, you know, when it's late. You're not going to win the game when you got to play rush in. That's really what I feel like happened to us today, to be honest. If you couldn't hear, he said you, you're not going to win the game if you have to play the refs and the Buffalo Bills. Correct. Well, is- and if you fumble. That's True right. Two. Very good point. Uh, Ravens, Texans, Saturday, 4.30. Niners, Packers, 8.15. And then after the Bucks and the Lions will be the Bills and Chiefs Sunday at 6.30. Falcons interviewing Bill Belichick. Jim Harbaugh interviewing with the Chargers. NBA, tough day for the Knicks as they fell to the Magic, 98-94. Uh, here was Tom Thibodeau says our offense just deserted us late. you got to trust when they collapse that you, you make the play. When you do, you know, uh, you know, we made 13 threes. We took 40 threes. So sometimes it's make or miss, and, uh, you know, so we didn't make. No, and the Magic did, and so the Magic are 22-18, and 18, the Knicks are 23-17, and 17, the Knicks did play again without Jalen Brunson because of the calf injury, 20 for Miles McBride in the loss. As for the Nets, a 96-95 loss to the Heat, Jimmy Butler, the go-ahead free throws. Nets had a chance. We heard from Chris Carino last hour or the hour before. Here's how it sounded in Miami as the Heat held on. Bridges has it. Up top. Driving down the left side. Puts up. A miss. Tyler with the rebound. And this one belongs to the Heat. It does. He put the up Brooklyn the Nets suck. Put up the air ball. <laughs> Bridges at 26 in the loss, but unfortunately comes up short there. Also of note uh, from the NBA, a lot of games yesterday, but the 76ers got Joel Embiid back from a knee injury. They beat the Rockets 124-115. What did he do? 41 points, 10 rebounds as he comes back and looked like he never missed any time. I felt pretty good. 
Uh, you know, with this type of stuff, you know, you gotta you gotta be careful. That's why, you know, my, my mindset is always on, you know, the playoffs. Uh, what can I do to be better? In the playoffs, of course, that is. That was courtesy of NBC Sports Philly. St. John's Seton Hall tonight at The Rock. You've got the Islanders in Winnipeg. The Isles lost to the Wild 5-zip. The Devils lost to the Bruins 3-0. And the Rangers take on the Kraken tonight. All right, time now because I got, I'm actually doing something a little different. Moment of the day brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos Tequila brought to you by those who drink it. <laughs> I'm going honorable mention first because I want to play this, but then I've got a real moment of the day. So okay. this was as we were watching uh, women's field hockey on CBS Sports Network. Is this like pre-Olympic sports or is that I think like qualifying? So. I think so. It, I, I, I believe it's got to so. be some international. It is, yeah. Major the top three teams uh, qualify. Oh, good job, Eddie. You ever been to India? I have not. You plan on ever going to India? I, you know, not not in the near future. I haven't really thought about it. And I think of it. <laughs> there. <laughs> Truck talk in Mumbai. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I gave you that as honorable mention because when caller Linda called up, I was laughing in the newsroom, even though there's not much of a payoff at the end. But um, so Linda called up with an idea about how to speed up NFL games. It's a little odd. I love football, but the thing is, it really is taking a little too long. And I thought of a great way to save some time. Okay, this is what they should do. Yeah. Why don't, when they fall down and they're laying there, why don't they just roll them like a carpet off to the sidelines and just push them off into the, you know, into the foul territory, whatever, like out of bounds. And then this way they can attend to them over there. But if they don't roll them out, there should be a time limit that they can only roll around so long. And if there's a time limit, then if they don't roll them off the side in the right length of time, then they get a five-yard penalty. Okay, Linda. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, I want to say this nicely. I, do you know how ridiculous that sounds? Just roll well, them off the side. We can't do that. I'm staying up past eleven o'clock at night waiting for these. Yeah, I know. Parties. You know, maybe a guy has a broken neck, or unfortunately, he's concussed, oh, or he's well, got a broken leg. Up on him real quick, but maybe they should give him maybe. A few more minutes before they roll them off. The I mean, maybe they could have rolled Demar Hamlin off the field last year, and then what do you oh. think would have happened there? Well, it might have taken a little bit longer to recover. <laughs> <laughs> Linda, I was thinking they just you know when a guy falls down and gets injured, like like you take you know a sick animal to a vet, they should just put him down. I think on the field. Oh, no. Oh, no, and no, then no. just drag them off. That's what I think would probably be the faster thing. Here you go, guys. Moment of the day. Like, oh, no, don't do that. <laughs> don't kill them. Just roll them off the field because I'm tired. <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. Uh, I mean, she was dead serious. I know she was. Her solution for the guy with the broken neck, just put his head in the cup and let's go. Move it along. <laughs> what? And roll them off oh like a God. carpet. You know, just picture it like a baseball grounds crew running out there when a guy is screaming in pain, just rolling the dude <laughs> off of the field. Oh, boy. Thank you, Linda. Yeah. You made our day. All right, Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. When we're dropping some crumbs this morning about John Mara's only shot at Bill Belichick being right now, which is a it's an impossible thing to argue. I mean, this is this is it. Unless Bill Belichick went somewhere different next year or 
and then hated it there and left after a year, or he just decided to take a year off and then things don't go well for the Giants this year. And Get him here, makes a ton of fence. Makes a ton of fence. I don't know, man. I like Brian Dayball a lot. I would be, I'd be surprised if John Mara was like, ah, all right, fine. All right, Bill, here you go. Here's the keys at 70 years old. We'll, well just scrap everything we're working yeah, on here. I mean, the other thing, too, is, is he could wait a year to see what else shakes out. But look, man, you got eight teams, possibly, well, seven teams now because Gerard Mayo's got the job up in, um, up in New England. The other interesting thing, Ger- Gerard Mayo, middle linebacker, Antonio Pierce, middle linebacker, D'Amico Ryan's middle linebacker. Now, Mike Frabel was a defensive end kind of slash hybrid linebacker. Yeah. But those guys now all of a sudden are becoming... You know, fast becoming head coaches, you know, because they were leaders of men on defense. And I think, like, when Antonio Pierce got here for the giant defense, it became whole. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he was definitely a, one of the leaders of that defense, probably one of the more vocal guys. And I, I still think, I still really feel like he's going to get the Raider job. I do. Yeah, I hope so. Just because he really, it seems like the players want him to be there. His story is great. He seems like he has really worked hard up the ranks. And it would just be a a really good story. And if you get a a great offensive coordinator there and someone that you know is going to run the offense, I mean, he's a perfect leader and a guy who knows defense like the back of his hand. I mean, I I think that they could succeed with him as a head coach. So so we know who he is as a personality. We know that he's a leader amongst men. We know that. Um, and obviously all the players responded to him and a lot of it, there's players are saying that they want him to be their head coach. So we'll see if, uh, Mark Davis goes down that path. The other interesting one, Tennessee for a second. Think about this. Now, Bobby Sloak is the offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans. He came from San Francisco with D'Amico Ryans when D'Amico got the head coach. Yeah. He brought him as his offensive coordinator. So when you think about like, the 49ers, the Rams, the Bengals, the Dolphins, uh, Houston, they're all running the same offense. Now, each guy does it a little bit differently and puts their own little twist on it. If you were the Texan, a te- a Titans, and you want to kind of slow the pace down of, your, of, of the Texans and of C.J. Stroud, wouldn't you hire that offensive coordinator as your next head coach in Tennessee? I mean, I would if he interviewed great and I felt like he could be that leader. But as we talked about before, I mean, I don't know a damn thing about Bobby Sloak's personality. Yeah, I don't either. But his dad was a longtime coach. He's been around for a long time. He's coming from that San Francisco kind of way of doing things with the way that Kyle Shanahan does it out there. And all these guys that are all successful in the league are coming from that kind of that tree. Yeah. So I don't, again, a leader amongst men, I don't know, but I do know that the owner of the Tennessee Titans, um, she lives in Houston. And she's obviously living through this Houston Texan rebirth. Mm. And they're watching this second year quarterback or this uh, second overall drafted quarterback, rookie quarterback, have this huge success with this offensive coordinator. So you got to be thinking, you know, get me a piece of that in Tennessee. Let's go. Let <laughs> me get a piece of that. That's no, right. Uh, Mrs. Strunk out there says, let me get a piece of that. Let's Amy, get strunked up. Right, Amy, Amy Adams strunk. So let's let's hurt a team within our division by taking one of their coaches. Yeah. I mean, I would but also... Look what I, happened to Philadelphia when they lost both coordinators. And everybody yeah. think that's a joke. That's not a joke. That's that's serious stuff. No, I understand. It's not... Nobody's saying it's a joke, but I also... Like, one of my points going into the season with the Giants was that they kept both of their coordinators. Yes. And that was going to be a positive. Eh, not so much. Nobody wanted Wink. 
not so much. <laughs> you know, I was like, that was like a big point. I was like, listen, you don't normally, when you have an out of nowhere season like the Giants had, you keep both your coordinators, and they did. And that's going to be a good thing. It's amazing that that it turned into what it's turned into right now at this moment. And there's a guy floating above everybody in the NFL. His name's Bill Belichick. And he wants the coach. By the way, did you see that the Belichick kids were offered a spot on the coaching staff? Well, Gerard, Gerard and Steve, Gerard Mayo and Steve Belichick worked long and hard in the scouting department, in the film rooms, all the stuff that Bill Belichick requires you to do, whether you're his son or one of his all-pro players. Yeah. If you want to get into coaching, this is the way you got to do it. And I remember Chris Sims telling a story here about when he went up there, because it looked like he was going to get into coaching mm-hmm. and then realized just what the expectations were and just how difficult that is and what it requires and the sacrifice that it would require from you and your family in order to do this. And so I think Steve and Gerard became very close. Their defense has been good, and they speak the same language. English. Well, I mean, defensive language, (laughs) defensive football language. And I think Gerard Mayo is thinking, you know, look, if he doesn't want to go with his dad, I'd love to keep him here. Have some sort of continuity with a defense that was already pretty good. And I honestly, if I were one of the Belichick kids, I'd probably want to get away from the shadow of my dad and say, I want to be here and maybe make a name for myself either still in New England or somewhere else. Because it's like you're just going to be the coach's kid forever if you're just the coach's kid on the same staff. But I think that also speaks volumes for Steve Belichick that Gerard Mayo is willing to keep him on the staff. Yeah, sure. That tells you how committed he is to his craft. He also might be doing Bill a favor, too. (laughs) Because Bill, he loved Bill. You never know. You never know. You never know how that goes. That's right. Uh, Steve down in Delaware. What's going on, Steve? Steve! Man, you can barely hear the people from Delaware (laughs) call in. Right, so the topic's funny. The topic is you can barely hear announcers on NFL TV games is his topic, and we go to Steve and we can't hear him. So there you go. Do you feel that way about hearing the announcers? I don't. No. um, So when we have a singular game like we had yesterday, it's in the studio so we can hear it completely. Yeah. Um, No, during the regular season, maybe sometimes it's off a little bit. Um. Uh, you know, and I think it all depends on who the announcer is, too, whether or not they speak loud or they're kind of, uh, you know, like, a, like I think Jason Garrett does a great job on the games. Yeah. But he's not a very boisterous guy. He's kind of just a normal talking guy. And I kind of like that. Yeah. The, see, the thing, and I understand this is what keeps everybody in business and making money and everything else. And Al talks about this, too. The thing that, that hits me every year when we get to the postseason is how many breaks you have to sit through during these standalone games because I'm not used to it. I'm not used to it during the whole regular season. And every year I forget that I'm like, damn it, here's another commercial break. Because with the commercial break with the local game, bang, I'm over to um, Red, Red Zone. Zone whatever. And I there's no commercials. So it's like you got you to reacclimate yourself as a NFL fan with these standalone games in the, in the postseason. Again. All right, so I understand. So Peacock, if you streamed that game on Saturday night, you had a commercial-free fourth quarter. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's what you had. Now, I mean, it's amazing. I don't even get into the finances of it all, but for CBS, I mean, we are linear television. The yeah. only way that CBS makes money is through the advertising of, of it. Of course, I understand. And that's why it is the way it is, and that's why it ha- that's why it has to be that way. 
100%. Same here. Same our business. We take a lot of breaks as well. I'm just saying, with the viewing experience, you forget. You're like, oh, damn, that's right. Here we go. Well, why don't you just wait like 45 minutes and then... Can't do that, man. Yeah, this day and age. Sure you can. You're so unplugged from everything. I, I can't. I'd have to completely unplug. And then fast forward. I don't know. I don't think I could do that. Then, mm-hmm. I, then I wouldn't be able to look at my phone for those 45 minutes. Or someone would be texting me. Can you believe that? Then I have to tell everybody in my life that it's I'm not really, watching the it's game. It's really okay if you put your phone down for 45 minutes. Yeah, you never know what could happen. You know? You need to have it right there. Right there. See what's going on. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.